Yo, you got me? Nice. All right, what's up? This episode of Post America Podcast is brought to you by Hostile City Distro. Hostile City is a premier punk indie metal hardcore distro out of Philly. They got a ton of vinyl, you know, mostly just underground punk and hardcore music. They've been open since, I think, 2010. What the underground is missing these days that was so huge back in the day when I first got into this music was the distros. The underground distros. There were so many indie distros out there when I first got into this. And they, and people would go to shows all the time with their collections. And they would sell their uh, their merch. You know, just kind of spreading different veins of hardcore and punk rock from all over the country, all over the world. And just bringing it to places that never heard of these type of things before. So Hostile City is doing that online. They're killing it since 2010. It's actually made up of... A couple industry dudes. I think there's three three guys that own labels themselves, and they understand how the the industry works. They understand, you know, how it works and why it works, and they really look out for labels. You know, if you, if you know anybody that's involved in any type of record industry, that's something that's really missing from record industry is that people who give a shit about underground labels and taking care of the, the uh, labels. So Hostel City, I know they, they distribute at least 24 different labels. Paper and Plastic, Reptilian Records, Fast Break Records, Harvcore, Jumpstart Records, Dead Tank Records, Prophecy, Brutal Panda, Creep, Universal Warning, Dead Broke. I know they, there's there's a lot more than that. There's just a few names that I can uh, rattle off. Hostel City, go to hcdistro.com hcdistro.com and uh, check out everything that Hostel City has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something that you like. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sarah Street Grill, my favorite. Sarah Street Grill, what can I say? It's my favorite restaurant. It's been my favorite restaurant since the first time I ate here. And uh, I've continually come back to eat here. They got some really cool things coming up at Sarah Street. Oh, New Year's. Uh, Richie, what's the uh, New Year's is on the 31st this year? But uh, New Year's this year, they are having a big party as usual. If you get here before 8.30 p.m., you only pay $10. If you come after, you're still only paying 15 So either way, it's a great deal. There's this dope band. Dope band, a reggae band called the Trouble City All-Stars. Really, really good. I'm a big reggae fan and this band plays legit traditional old school reggae. It's not like any uh, real big fish kind of bullshit reggae. This is like real deal reggae that if you're a, re- a fan of reggae this this band is the bomb. George Wesley band is playing on the 28th. Just a little shout out to George Wesley if you want to come. I don't know if this podcast is going to be out by the 28th. But on the 31st Yes, New Year's, I have confirmed it. It's definitely on the 31st this year. Um, New Year's Eve is on the 31st. And the Trouble City All-Stars are playing at Sarah Street Grill. So come out, check out the Trouble City All-Stars. I didn't mention this on the last podcast, maybe because of my straight-edge background. But if you're a fan of drinking beer, Sarah Street Grill has so many beers. Nick, how many beers does Sarah Street Grill have? We have uh, 14 on tap. 75 in Over 75 in bottles. Now, I'm not good at math, but that's like 218, I think. 890, I'm sorry. But uh, that's a lot of beer. So if you're a big fan of beer, come on out, drink some beer. Go get some sushi from Joe. Go say hi to Julie down at the bar. Give her all your tip money. Say what's up to Nick, the handsome manager. <laughs>
So uh, please go visit SarahStreetGrill.com. That's the website for the restaurant. You can check out the entire menu. You get to see see what the place looks like. And do me a favor and please add Sarah Street on Instagram. Add them on Twitter. Add them on Facebook. They need to see a bump to make sure that we're actually providing a service for them. You know what I'm saying? So go to SarahStreetGrill.com. Put in some feedback. Say something about the podcast. Mention that you heard about it from the podcast. And you'll make us look good. You know what I'm saying? You are listening to the Post America Podcast. You are are we recording, Chris? Uh, Chris, I'm going to steal a little bit of your coffee if you don't mind along the way. I mean, just a second. No, don't worry. I'm not just to wash down the brain. I don't got herpes anymore. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll be back, though. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Don't worry. I drank out of it right by the handle. All right. We'll do all that shit another time. All right. All right. You ready to go, Craig? Yep, I'm ready. Let's go. What's up? Welcome to the Post America Podcast, Edition 2.0. Why 2.0? Uh, I don't know. Or should it be 1.2? It should just second, be second guess, know. right? Second guess is 2.0. So is it a computer so, program? Or a t- uh, if we did uh, two interviews with the same person, you know what I mean? Then it would be their number, point two. You should know what I mean? It should have been Post America number one. You know, like America's number one. The first episode is New Jersey Podcast White Trash. 2.0. And what's, what's this episode called? Uh, this is called Upstate Living, baby. Oh. <laughs> upstate Living. Well, to explain that, we're upstate upstate New York in a hidden location, deep in the mountains. Deep in the mountains. At Craig, Craig Ahead's hideout. The Ahead Manor, it's called. Ahead, oh yeah, the Ahead Estate. Ahead Estate. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful property. It's a... Uh, Nice piece of land, nice house. It's warm on a cold night. The guys are drinking coffee. Craig just made us nice macaroni. My mom made brownies. It is. Mama ahead made brownies. And we're here to talk to Craig. You know, this, you, is, yeah. this is important, too. It's 4.08 in the morning. We're starting this podcast at 4.08 in the morning. Hey, that's nobody's business, all right? <clears throat> so um, this late. is a commitment we made to do this thing, and we're going to fucking do it. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. So, uh Let's introduce our guest here. I know you you mentioned who he is, but let's mention who he actually is. Well, this is listen, Craig Satari. Listen, we could talk about a lot of things tonight. Oh, you're gonna All have right. some fun tonight. We could boys. talk about dedication, right? <laughs> about honor, integrity. Mm, oh nice. boy, a talent, skill. I like where you're headed with this. The thing is, Lou, Armand, and Pete aren't here, so we're just gonna talk <laughs> to Craig instead. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. No, we got Craig Satari. Craig Satari. Listen, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to say one band he was in. You say another one. All right. Agnostic Front. Um, sick of it all. Youth of Today. Cro-Mags. Straight Ahead. Rest in Pieces. New York City Mayhem. No? No? What yeah. was that called? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. New York City Mayhem. Uh, Scarhead. No. Yeah, come on. Come on, Craig. I sang on the record. Craig. I did Craig. a guest track. Well, that's cool. Well, I saw anyway, him, this guy I saw was a in picture on Facebook. You were jamming out with Isaac. I saw. He was basically Riggs. in every heavy hitter New York hardcore band outside of Madball. Listen, it's like a band gets to a certain point. I was in Madball. He was in Madball? When they recorded that first 7-inch, I was a bass player. But I got to the studio 45 minutes late, so they kicked me out of the band. <laughs> really? <laughs> Straight up. And who played bass? The Roger? Roger. That's funny. Did he, knows, he knew how to play he brought, bass? He borrowed my bass that I brought down to play. 
So, what, what kind of punk were you so to let the guy to kick you out? You're out of the band. Oh, let me use your bass. So me, oh, and okay. Ma- me and Mark Ryan uh, sang backups. Wow. Mark Ryan from Super Touch. My, yeah. friend, my friend Mark Ryan. Well, at least you still got on there. A little juice. Yeah, you know, they were like, oh, you're out of the band, kid. You so it seems they to me like a party. band gets to a certain point in their career, and they're like, I think we're ready. Let's ready call for Craig. Let's call the big guns. Let's call Craig. Yeah. He's a good bass player to do. I would say the best. What? In my opinion. You ever heard of Les Claypool? Yeah, but Les Claypool plays like goofy. No, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm talking about in hardcore music, yeah. punk, punk no, rock good. music. Like, there's a, who who can play like him? Maybe the yeah. dude from Rancid. I'll dude tell you, Rancid you probably want to hear it, but your dude's a very kind. Yeah, no, he's really good, good bass player. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say he's better than you if you had to go head to head? Yeah, ask him. Craig, say right now who's better. Who's better? Uh, you are talking about? Come on, Craig. Your guy plays the bass. I, I, I sit down and jam with him every day. Oh, he's a nice guy, Craig. He won't say. I, I but they're know. both good. They're guy both can good. play bass. The shit he's done in the early stuff is great. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. You know, as he keeps so playing. So you're saying now, the later stuff he did was not that I'm great? I'm saying I don't know if he still plays. I haven't seen the guy in years. So for two minutes once in the past five years. All right, don't get nervous. Sorry, Jeez. we just brought his name up. We don't want to scare you out of the podcast. He's wiping his mouth over here. He's yeah. sweating. Guys are silly relax. people. Hey, uh, relax. Hey, Chris, give him a rag. You clear that sweat off his head. Jesus. <laughs> you got uh, grimy fucks. Well, check it out. He's a good bass player. We know that. <laughs> Set up. Before it all started, who's the guy? Somebody you told me this story, this story once. Who's the guy who set you off on the bass? Danny Loker. Danny so, Loker. From Nuclear Assault. Nuclear Assault. Yeah. Nuclear Assault. At the time, here's the deal. He was... Uh, they had formed, just formed Anthrax, and they asked my brother <coughs> to play bass. So Danny was teaching my brother. He went to school with my brother. So I was in, like, grade school, and they'd come over, and he brought a bass to my house, and he would teach my brother, like, old Sabbath songs that were going to be a cover band. And I picked it up. My brother didn't really care. You know, my brother was busy chasing girls and drinking beer. Was Danny in Nuclear Assault at the time? No, this was before Anthrax was even really a band. This was when they were like an idea, and they probably jammed a couple of times. They didn't even have any original songs yet. So what kind of neighborhood you live in? Where musicians Bayside, all Queens. Place? Bayside, Queens. Yeah? No, there was a couple of dudes. There was dudes that fought, and there was guys that played music. That's pretty much what it was in the 70s. That's so cool. Yeah, early 80s. It's a good yeah. mix of people. Yeah. <laughs> fighters and musicians. Everybody's getting laid. It's like, it's like hardcore. And, any, other notable, any other notable characters from there, like as far as music? Uh, nah, that's about it. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got Jimmy Murphy's Law from Astoria. Yeah. You get New York hardcore from Queens, man. Well, it depends who you ask. Listen, if you're going to tell me New York hardcore doesn't come from Queens, it comes from everywhere in New York. But Queens is a, the hub of New York hardcore. Yeah, I'm sure it's, a, it's, it's, it's thick, but you know, a lot of people say Lower East Side, no? Basically, the guys from Queens went to the Lower East Side to ply their trade for the most part is how it went. But the guys from the Lower East Side were in the Lower East Side plying their trade. So it's not a contest, but Queens is deep, very, very deep. So what, what would be your first hardcore show? My first hardcore show, I went to see uh, at CBGB's AOD in 1984. 84. Wow. I love seeing these old pictures of you that keep popping up online. Like a young Craig ahead playing a show. Yeah, yeah. You look playing, almost, singing along, you whatever. almost human back then. Almost human. You look like a little kid. How old were you? Like 14? I was four, when I, in 84, I was 14. Uh, that's when I went to my first show. I was going to go to a show in 83, but uh, nobody would go with me. I had nobody to go with me. So it got to a point where when I went to my first show, you know, I kind of wanted to go with somebody. It was a little scary, you know what I mean? I didn't really know anybody. Turns yeah. out I went to my first show, stepped foot in the place. I actually went with Danny. I went with Danny Looker, and uh, 
Big Charlie Hankins. You guys know Big Charlie? Ever hear of Big Charlie Hankins? That's the big bouncer? Yeah, God rest his soul. What a, what a beautiful person. But he, uh, he was there, and he was good friends with my brother. He would come over and eat lunch. My mother would cook lunch for him, Danny Looker, and my brother and me. And Big Charlie, for, for those you don't know, he's like twice the size of Big Joe here. Big brother played on a football team, gigantic, all muscle, scariest looking dude you ever saw, but the nicest guy you ever met in your life. So I go to my first show, I walk into the place, I walk to the edge of the pit, Charlie sees me, he says, hey kid, come here, he grabs me, picks me up on his shoulders, introduces me to everyone, tells everyone this is my good friend. And Knows it. You I was in. in. I danced the whole show on his shoulders. You had a good time. Oh, really good time. That's dope. Nice. How old was uh how old was Freddie at that time? Did you meet Freddie that day? No, I met Freddie a little bit later though, but Freddie was young. When I first met Freddie he was probably seven. So if I was fourteen, he was seven, so I guess he's about seven years younger. I mean, he I'm uh, yeah, he's it's about right. That's about right. So Freddie was probably seven. Was it normal for a seven year old kid to be wandering around these places? Uh, no, nah, it wasn't. But Freddie's not a normal kid. Could anybody get in nah, trouble it, for this? Anybody it was unique arrested? with Freddie because Roger was his brother, you know, and Roger was thick in the whole thing. So I remember being at CB's and Roger being like, Yo, it's my little brother, it's my little brother Freddie. And I was a kid, I was like probably fourteen or at the time and he was like seven. I was fifteen maybe by the time I met him. I met him shortly. But then the first year of going to shows or two years of going to shows, I met him. And he was a young, nice kid. Yeah. You know? And I think that at that point, Straight Ahead had already been playing. He's like, yo, I really like your band. And I was like, you know my band? He's like, yeah, I saw you play whatever with this show. Uh, I was like, oh, cool. Straight Ahead. Years yeah. later, I spent a lot of time with him because I played with, with you know, with, in AF with Roger. So I dealt with all those guys very closely. You know, those guys are like my brothers. You know what I mean? They yeah. are my brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he probably spent a lot of time with these yeah, guys, yeah, no? Yeah, yeah, But with Straight Ahead, what, uh, Armin was in that, right? Yeah, he was a drummer. And who else was in there? Rob played guitar. Rob, who, uh, played in Rest in Pieces, Rob Echeverria. He was a guitar player, and, uh, Tommy Carroll sang, and I played bass. Now, it seems like, you know, in this age of reunions and all of that, you'll probably hear it all the time. People say, oh, do a Straight Ahead show, this and that. Never happened. No, it's not. It's not. We did some stuff in the in the nineties, late late eighties. Stupid we did some money stuff. at you, though. Nobody's going to show thirst. What if they money. do? Nah, it's not going to happen. What if How they do? You do? Know? This, don't, don't say that. Just what if they did? What if they were like, listen, I'll give you fifty grand. Fifty grand. Then we we go up there and tell jokes. You know. <laughs> no, if, if the, you know, I don't speak to Rob. I speak to Armand obviously all the time. I see Tommy once in a while. So for big money, you wouldn't do. It. Is that what you're saying? I just don't think it would be. It Chris, would be, open that briefcase. Show them what we got. <laughs> I don't think we can capture what we had is my point I think because it was really exciting when we did it and I just don't think that particular band would capture what we once had I hear and you. every other band does all these reunions and everyone rehashes it and that's great you know some people do it very well you know Gorilla Biscuits Judge do it very well and who doesn't do it well uh, that I've seen I can't really think hmm the second nicest guy in the podcast next I'm to trying to think I'm trying to think <laughs> Jeez, you're such a politician man are you, when running, when are you running for mayor by any chance? Chris, turn the recorder off, like, uh, Chris. And underdog underdog plays, and, and you know I always like underdog's material. But when they play, they don't sound very good. They still have like Jeez, cheap. They mean, still have they still have cheap equipment. They still have cheap equipment, and it comes off when you have bad equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah. We play and a show that, but they always underdog. had bad equipment way back in the day too. So it's kind of true to form. Maybe it's the really, same gear. really good band that doesn't really have good gear. It seems that's all. We played a show with them a couple years ago. It sounded all right. I thought it was it was decent. Yeah. They, I liked them on the recordings. Oh, great band! I used to love them. I yeah, to, you know, really it's good, good band. band. I'm just saying, like, 
It's kind of true to form, though. You know, it's like they killing didn't, time. They didn't. Dope. They didn't progress like musically. Not musically. Musically is the wrong. They didn't progress sound wise over the years, probably because they stopped so far back then. You understand? Still using old school gear and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. if you're gonna do a comeback, do it right. Like, come back and but then be, again, be it was true to form. Be so. better than you were, or at least as good as. If not better than you were, like yeah. the judge comeback. The judge comeback was. I haven't seen to that. Me, you know, dude, they sounded sound so really perfect. What everybody's saying they're saying it was great. They sounded so perfect. It, it sounded. <clears throat> it sounded like the album. Like the. You know how the album had to like was heavy on reverb and all of that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like they that. had Don Fury as their sound yeah. guy up in the booth. I played shows with them recently, but I never got to see them because I was always busy doing my own thing. Yeah. Nah, sounded and good. And all that. I didn't really see them. They played the day before or whatever. And you were in a band with some of those guys, right? I was in a band with Purcell back in the day. And yeah. Mike Mike Judge actually was a drummer for Youth of Today for a period of time when I played with Youth of Today. Really? After the, after the album was recorded, uh, Mike wound up playing for like the last tour that I did with them. And it was Mike and myself. And a uh, great guy. Real gentleman. Nice guy. So how long? How long was the youth of today? Too man, those guys are my friends. How long was it, did you, did that last? How long were you I in played youth, youth of today? today in '86? Probably, I think from March or February, February or March of '86 until probably the very beginning of '87, the turn of eight, from '86 to '87. So about a year, you know, something like that. The straight edge years. Uh the, the straight edge year. Straight edge year. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was exciting live shows. It was exciting, good, energetic band. Talking about going off, you're like hurting yourself out there. Yeah. You know? You didn't even really play the songs. You just threw yourself, you threw your body out of it. It was like throwing yourself out a third floor <laughs> window. You just fucking got smashed. Mm. But uh, it was exciting. I remember my mother come to see it, came to see us play. We played with Discharge at uh, the Ritz. My mother came to the show. And I said, Mom, what do you think? She goes, you guys really jump around a lot. I said, how did it sound? She goes, oh, okay, but you really jump around a lot. Yeah. Yo, so what's the deal? Were, were they good, like, outside New York City? Were people into Youth of Today? Not in they... the beginning. Not when I when no. I first started playing with them. It wasn't that good when you went to other places. Yeah. But then real quick, it got popular. You know yeah. what I mean? I was in the, the kind of early stage of it. Not the earliest what happened? stage. Why did, you, did you leave? They threw you out? No, no. I just uh, I tried to reform straight ahead. And, you know, at that point in time, I wasn't really digging on playing with them too much. You know what I mean? Different mentality at the time. You know what I mean? Oh. I was more of a... Of a, of a a quiet loner of a kid, and they were more like uh, like high school kind of locker room dudes. I, that, I'm talking about. You're saying they're popular, and you were like a nerd. Yes, exactly. Really, I was like an outcast in school, and they were, I guess, popular kids, which was weird because most of the people from hardcore were like the nerd types. You know, not nerds, but just outcasts. But um, huh. but that that's the way. So, that's the way. So that's Craig was like the Chris Mavermatis of our band. Yeah, but that's the way it felt back then. But you know, when I see them now, we're all lifers. We all have been doing this. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't really apply now. It's when you're like, a and how about teenager. this? You said I was a very shy kid back then too. My personality was very, very different than it is now. Really? Yeah, I was real quiet and shy. I couldn't imagine that. Like I didn't go slapping people around verbally like I do now, fucking yeah. people up. That's why you team mm-hmm. up with me because you're the bad guy in your band, and I'm like one of the, I'm pretty oh, much. Yeah. I'm the, I'm like the, one we of know the who the bad guy in your band, band is. They're all bad guys. <laughs> Listen, you said Youth of Today was a straight edge band, meaning uh, no drugs, no alcohol. No drugs, no alcohol. In your time in Straight Ahead, I mean, in, in Youth of Today, did you witness any conduct that would go against the Straight Edge Any lifestyle? conduct unbecoming a Straight Edge uh, member? Allegedly. Yes or no, Mr. Sestari? Oh, in, se- in a sense, yes. No, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to say, allegedly, Red, Ray took mushrooms in 86. He bought them from Alexa, who was Tommy's girlfriend, because he wanted to experiment and see 
that what he was fighting against if it was really something he was against. Now, I didn't witness him take these. <laughs> That's funny. And I heard it from Mark Ryan, who liked to always throw, you know, Mark, Mark Ryan was like, you know. A known bullshitter. He was throwing shit in the water to see how much of a splash it would make. He kind of had some fun with it here and there. So, so you didn't really witness anything. I didn't witness But you did anything. hear some stories. I, I didn't witness anything. I just heard some stories. Hmm. How about yourself? But there was a lot of hate you going on. There was a lot of under the, under the radar hate going on. You know, a lot of yeah. like weird little kind of, you know, like Ray was like talked a lot. He was loud, so people would kind of hate on him in the back burner a little bit. You know, what I mean? it was a weird time a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, it was all kid shit. You know what I mean? We're all men and adults now. I see. Yeah, now, things. but we're talking about back then. About back then, it was like some silly shit going on. Listen, how about your time in there? You were straight edge the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was. Because you had a little, you had some episodes back in the day with. I you. did drugs when I was a kid, a lot of drugs when I was young. Yeah, and then I did drugs again when I got a bit older. When I was, uh, what was your my, drug of choice? Tw- marijuana. Marijuana. I used to smoke marijuana every single second of every day. What about the? Evan have something for you over there. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, Evan, I wasn't into hard away. drugs. I, uh. <laughs> Or was it at the hard drugs? Or How about uh, you and your friend uh, Joe? Joe who? Kid Little Joe? Joe? Kid Joe. Oh, you're getting grimy. You were paying attention in the backseat on those long rides in oh, Florida. Oh, come on. Always, man. Telling yeah. great stories. I'll tell you well, what happened. So, these, these, uh, these, no, cats, well, these cats, we were playing in Florida. It was sick of it all. And Wisdom and Chains touring together in Florida. And uh, these guys came well, to stay at my friend Kid Joe's house. A guy I grew up in my neighborhood. With and these guys are like sitting in the back seat, obviously really taking notes because me and Joe were talking about like <laughs> smoking coke back in yeah. the eighties yeah, and but, shit like that. Yeah, but you were like really young, like twelve years yeah, old, right? Like, probably like you smoking probably coke like, at twelve, like thirteen or twelve. Oh, right? Yeah, man, Grimey like a shit. little kid, little kid. But you, th- you, what, you like, the way you described it to me, I'm not trying to like throw you. In, I'm just no, trying it's to talk a, about it cool is what it is. Calling up a degenerate drug addict. What are you talking about? When you when you were talking about it, like you guys were like laughing and like pounding around about it, like it was no big deal. Was like funny. everybody was doing it. Smoking Woolies by his pool with his mother, like, "Why well, it smells funny?" His mother's yeah. like, "Joseph, that smells funny." <laughs> See, I didn't even pick up. You on know that. what? You know what's funny is the Stickman uh, cast you did the other week. I was listening to that, and he was talking about how uh, he grew up with like Saltarelli and Rob DeFrosia, and it's fucked up because I knew those dudes as a. As a little kid, like drug core, when I was like twelve years old, those guys were friends with Danny Looker, and that's how I met him through Danny Looker. They would come to Queens and they'd sleep at my house. They'd sleep on the floor in my room, and we would get fucked up. How old were they? I was like doing like crystal meth with those cats in like fucking nineteen eighty. What eighty two? <laughs> how old were they? How did it not like suck you in and like you know like, how did you escape the you know it how did, did you escape while. the grasp doing like a. Uh, 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 what are those little brown rocks you snort and they burn your shit out of you? Oh, I don't, I don't know, bro. Keep you up one little, one little line would keep you up for three days. That's wow. like crystal meth. So you get your money right. pre, Like a precursor. Before it was like refined. Listen, before it was you're blue. 12. Before, how old are before they? Before Heisenberg got in the game. I was probably 13 at that time. And how old are they? They're older? Like 16. 15, 16, 16-year-old kids traveling from New Jersey And Danny was probably like eight, Danny was probably 18. Well, he and should they be arrested. 16 or 17. Call the police on this, this guy this Danny. disgusting. This my mother is... would cook for these guys. My mother treated them she like... what? Crack? No, cooking my mom, my mom would make them food. My mom would be like, hey, you guys are sleeping late. You want some breakfast? <laughs> it was real nice. So my mom knew what was up, too. She wasn't you're blind to that. So she's a very understanding woman. Well, she just looked like better they do it and they're sleeping in the house and sleeping on the street, right? So she looked out. Yeah, she looked that. But, you know, I, I had an experiment with drugs when I was a kid a lot. And I grew up in a neighborhood where, like, drugs were everywhere. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it was not, wasn't a bad neighborhood, but there were drugs everywhere. People were f- brutal fist fights in the street all the time. 
It was kind of like Sounds a wild like a spot. I was a nice kid, though. You know what I mean? Sounds like a shithole you lived in. <laughs> no, it was actually really, it was a really, it was a really nice neighborhood. It's just the kids were fucked up. Yeah. Thirteen like, years I'm old. Not try, I'm not trying to claim like I had some. I wasn't some kind of street kid. I was like, a, you know, I was in the streets a lot, but I had a place to go to sleep. I slept at home. I had a lot of love. My mom loved me. Yeah, told yeah. me she loved me every day. I mean, my brother's a good man. I had a lot of love between me and my mom, my brother. I mean, you know, we had a loving household. No father figure, though, you know what I mean? And bad influences everywhere, but there was love in the house. Does your you know, father can't, can't have some sort of connection with Hollywood? Hollywood. Yes. Movies. There's a rumor. I heard this rumor too. All right, so they researched his file when they did the original Bad Lieutenant movie, because he was like a rogue cop in the in the 60s and 70s. Your dad was a rogue cop. He was also a decorated officer though, and before he became like a. a, All right, I'll tell you a story. So in 1971, they did they did a program where they wanted to put male and female police officers together in the cop cars, right? Yeah. So uh, it was an experimental program. So my father was in that. It was like 1970, I think it was. And he was supposed to be at the scene of a crime, a violent crime. And he got caught having sex with his partner in the back seat of that car. So it made, At the scene of a violent crime? No, they were supposed to be at oh, a violent okay, crime. Okay. But instead they <clears> were instead like... Instead they were creating a violent crime. Instead they were fucking yeah. on the block. So he got busted and it was in the paper and everything like that. And they didn't re- they immediately stopped that program and didn't reinstate it until 1976. So my father single-handedly set the woman's movement back six years. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. And is, it, is that true that there was he was kind of the basis for that movie, The Bad Lieutenant? Uh, I don't know if he was the basis, but he was one of the, you know, him and I'm sure a lot of other police officers were researched for it. But yeah, that was he, a grimy time for New York City cops. Yeah, back he, then, he right? went, he went to, he went to Kansas instead of getting shot in front of. Uh, he was, he was investigated for being a mafia hitman, but never indicted. And uh, funny thing is, he used to play cards with Anthony from Killing Time's father, Anthony Commonwealth's father, back in the, in like the 60s and 70s. They used to play cards all the time. They were friends. And I went to Anthony's house to eat dinner. When I was a little kid, right? Yeah. A little kid, I went to his house. So then I go back to his house when I'm like four, fifteen, for Christmas. He'd always have people over his house around Christmas time. So I go to Anthony's house. I walk in. It's like the first time I like meet his family. Well, not really, but so I'm like, I'm like, hey, I meet his family. I'm like, hey, I gotta ask you guys something. Did you used to have a cousin or something with like a dirt bike, like an RM250, like a real motocross bike? I said it was parked right here by the fireplace, and it was plastic laid on the floor. And I'm going back, like, you know, to this early 70s. And he's like, they mumble to each other. And he's like, yeah, that was Cousin Tony or whatever. He had that bike. Remember, he left it here for, like, half a summer. We told him to get it out of here. Turns out my I ate dinner at Anthony's father's house, like some holiday dinner there, when I was probably four years old. And I remember being in his house. And when I first went to his house, I That's said tough. it. And, wow. and then, awesome. you know, Anthony, Anthony's and his father, <clears throat> Anthony's household was very comical. Like, you'd go there and it would just be a bowl of laughs, the constant joking around. So he's like, Dad, Dad, you know, this guy is, you know, his father. He's like, who's his father? He's like, Rocco. Tell him, tell him his father was crazy, you know. And Anthony's father, of course, wouldn't say anything bad at all. He wouldn't yeah, yeah. joke like that. He just said, oh, your father was a good friend of mine, you know. So but, what happened to your father then? Uh, he died. Died maybe 10 years ago, I guess. What, what did you say? You went to Kansas or something? He was in Kansas. He was living in Kansas. Oh, okay. He came to New York. He to, just uh, had to bounce out like he was a... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I never. I knew. Mean, I met him when I was like three years old. And I remember some wild stuff going on. He was a wild man. I was a little kid. I saw some kind of bad stuff. You know what I mean? But I so was really, the last, I was really young. What's the last time you saw him? 
probably three or three or three to somewhere between three and five. Oh wow! I remember he came over and he made spinach ravioli, and I was like, "Oh, Dad, spinach ravioli is good." And I remember we were, we were taking a leak together. We were both pissing at the same time and talking. Uh, sword fight. I felt, I felt like a, like a you know like a man. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's crazy. And then we ate, we ate spinach ravioli, and I think he got drunk and he beat the shit out of my mother and threw her down the stairs. And I was like, oh, shit, he's really... Like, I, I thought he was, you know, for a minute, I was like, wow, I have a dad, he's cool. But then I was like, nah, this guy's no good, he's got to go. Oh, man. You know, and then the cops came, and he waved his badge and his gun, and he was drunk. So he was like and a detective like, cop? And they were like, like no, cop. but they were like, Rocco, Rocco, put yeah. the fucking gun away, leave her alone, don't call us back here, come on, just can't make the papers, you know the deal. Oh, man. And then they went away, he stayed calm for five minutes, and then it started again. Wow. A little bit too much information. Not worth spinach ravioli. <laughs> you guys are like really hey, not, not worth the spinach ravioli. Just asking questions. Getting right off the fucking bat here, huh? Listen, Craig. Listen, this that's is what uh, you're this is Hey, this, this is life. You know what I mean? This, yeah. That's right, man. People need to know you. This is life. No, I heard. I, I always that, heard you know, that my, story. My, I don't my know mother, my mother is the nicest woman in the world. My yeah. mother is the sweetest. Take she's such a nice woman. She takes, makes a mean calzone. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we're up at the farm. My mom made a bunch of food that I brought up since these. These gentlemen, these fine gentlemen, are helping me clean out the barn tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Barn. We're gonna show them how Pennsylvania boys do work. Yeah, they don't know. It's like these New York guys are like, "Oh, I need some help. Uh, what do you got to do? I, I got to nail something. Like, what? what is, you don't know how to nail something? Yeah, get a hammer and fucking nail it. Come on, I don't know, nail man. Something. Yeah. yeah. I need hands. There's a lot of a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, Yo, you got you Joe, got some big hand. strong hands here, man. Look at that hand. It's a baseball mitt. Right. You ever it's see like the Never Ending Story? That thing's brutal. <laughs> they look like big. Strong hands. They're disgusting, actually. <laughs> what do you do with those but things? But they were powerless against the nothing. I don't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't know. My hands are fucking off. What do you man. roll They're over like, that thing with a fucking rolling pin? And They're make, turning like, fucking, to make stone. They're literally <laughs> turning to stone before my eyes. What do you touch eyes? with that hand that Dude, doesn't throw up as soon as you make contact? I remember that time in Germany, though. He put that right hand in somebody's teeth, and they were pretty fucking hurt from that. Listen, man. You know, I felt he was about to make a move on you. Me, personally, I didn't see it. My protective instincts kicked in. I was busy being a hardcore superhero, and I Hey, involved in violence. How can people see that? Google, <laughs> oh, Google, grimy, sick of it all. At, what's the name of that fest? With yeah, full with force, force, step down. Yeah, Google, sick of it all. With full force, step down. 2010. And see Joe land the right and watch hand like Mad like Joe smash fucking... some poor innocent kid trying to sing along. <laughs> sick of it all. Nah, maybe it wasn't. No, like he that. wasn't poor. The guy was acting a fool all night. All night he was. Yeah, the guy was fool. trouble. The guy was that guy wanted to. That guy wanted to fight anyone and everyone. The guy was chasing at, Joe down after the show. In the morning, stick, and yeah. I was like, "Grab the stick!" I was like, "Go skateboard!" I was like, "What are you doing?" Yo, it was it, ten in the morning, and we're in, the, doing, in a man? breakfast tent at this festival in Europe. And this kid comes up, eyeballing everybody in the in the fucking tent. Everybody, and, and right there, Joe's like, "I'm gonna hit him later." Us. He didn't get it too bad. I mean, no, you he, got, his teeth he got a little bit. That's he what got he got. His teeth, got. He got his teeth cracked a little bit. He, he got felt, thrown down like a flight of like aluminum stairs. He yeah. felt my restraint. Not, that's is what not he too felt. bad. If he did that to some other friends of ours, he'd get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. So right off the bat. His friend got it a little worse later on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Packy Attacky. What's the name? The Packy Attacky. The shit got grimy. Yeah, don't say that, don't, man. Don't broadcast this No, you know what? That's, uh, that's, a bad, yeah, that's a bad word only in England, I think. Yeah, like if someone's from Pakistan, like what do you call them? Pakistani is probably... You got to go through all that? Pakistani? <laughs> I don't know. I... I, I like, listen, listen, listen. If I got a friend and he's a Jap, I got to say Japanese every time? Otherwise, he's got a problem with that? 
Uh, yeah, it sounds silly, but I, I think that's. I'm not Japanese, you know. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm just saying that. How about if you're from China? You say Chinaman or Chinese? Chinese. How do you know? Asian. Chinese is Asian. Oriental's the proper one. Asian. No, is Oriental's definitely not the proper one. I think Chinese, Japanese, you say where they're from. You say Jap, he's Jap. And to me, I would say where they're from and, <laughs> no. and the, the, you know, you abbreviate it as you go. You know what I mean? So if you say Jap, to, like to me, it's not offensive to me, but I'm not from Japan. How about I to can't, the Japs? Can't comment on it. How about this? Colored guy. Colored. Yeah, like I, I, to me, I'm not Bad offended or... by colored. Uh, that doesn't offend no, me, but so. a lot of people are offended by Why color. Why is that, though? Why would if I'm be offended by I don't it? know, man. Are you? I don't know. Whatever. You don't care about that? <coughs> you want to talk me, about race call issues? Call me Fred, Larry, whatever you want to call me. What are you, anyway? Me? I'm a German and Italian with a touch of Russian on my German side. Oh, yeah? Mm, Germalia Russian. Yeah. a little touch. Nice. They used to what, they love me in the boxing gyms. All the old-time trainers would be like, all like, yeah, yeah, yeah come here, come here. They always wanted to train me. Always wanted to train me. They wanted to throw me in. Like they, they love the whole Italian German yeah. thing. They just like, wanted to be, you know, looking at him, to beat him up. Now that I look at him, and, and, he, me and he says, <laughs> "This guy, this kid, can take a punch." You're gonna be fucking somebody pounding on Yo, me when for he a says, while. "Touch a Russian," and you look at, him, he has that touch of Mongolian Russian. Get them. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That's why like the chin's step. good. That's like from the step, like that Gennady Golumpkin guy. Oh yeah, kind of got that look. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a white dude, but I can't tell. The like, chin, that yeah. makes the chin good. So you probably got that Mongolian Russian. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's I don't really got that. Do you, are, yeah, you have horses? Good. No, I don't. You good horses. at riding horses? Oh, uh, not really. You bow and arrow? You good with a bow and arrow? I'm decent. I'm better with a rifle. Better oh. with a rifle? Okay. Decent with I'm a pistol. Up what you're rifle. Down. I'm a rifle cap. Don't look at me like that. Yo, I suck I'm a rifle cap. Don't stare at me like that when you say that. No, I suck with a I'm picking up what you're putting. I'm good with a shotgun. I'm good with a rifle. Yeah. Pistol, decent. I'm pretty good with. I got to work on my pistol skills. I'm pretty good with a pistol. Stop bragging. No, I am. Pretty good, man. So color don't bother you. Oh, I'm going to stay with that then. I just don't want to say nothing offensive. Color doesn't bother me, but, you know, it bothers some people. You know who I think it bothers a lot of uh, older black people? What if somebody calls you a brother? Like, oh, that, you know, he's a, he's I say a brother. That all the time, don't bother me. I always say, like, when I when I refer to a, a black man, I say, I say oh, brother, that, that brother. sister. Yo, this brother over there, he was, you know, I saw yeah. this brother one time and he was, that's just naturally the way I speak. When I'm comfortable, like when I'm speaking to you because you're my friend. But if I was like in like, you know, speaking in auditorium, I wouldn't say that. You know what I mean? I'd like, yeah. you know, I'd phrase it a little more. Brethren, you'd say. Brethren. Yeah. Young no. brother. I said yeah. young brother. Hello, young brother. Brand Nubian. <laughs> How is you? Said that to a How is you today, young brother? The guy was like sixty years old. <laughs> he's like, "Hello, young brother." Thank you, young brother. Because <laughs> he's my brother. You guys got some beards going on, huh? huh? Yo, yeah, PA, baby. I didn't grow one this year. It's getting cold. Oh out yeah, there, last you know? year you had getting a crazy cold beard. Out there. Was, yeah, last year you had a crazy beard. But yeah, well, this uh, oh, this oh, podcast now is this: how to. Uh, why are the Greeks' headphones pink? What to call black people? What to call black people? Like it turned into the wrong thing. Yeah, so. what was it? it? Was supposed to be upstate chilling or something? Uh, All right, let's do, let's get it back to the hey, boxing gym. How about that? That's what's going on in the barn. I got a boxing ring. Well, let's go back in your in your past. Oh, okay. Let's talk to Craig ahead about this right. boxing. How did you get into boxing? What? Yeah. How old were you? Well, the way I got into it was my 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 best friend growing up, Sean Graham, a guy from my neighborhood. His uncle was Billy Graham, the uncrowned welterweight champ that beat Kid Gavilan, beat Ray Robinson in the amateurs. Wow. So, so and Jack Graham, John Graham, was, was his father, who was Billy Graham's brother, my friend's father. 
So uh, they were a boxing family, and I was never really into it, but they had boxing stuff all over the house. He'd always make me watch boxing stuff. He'd punch me in the face all the time. We'd like, you know, he really knew how to to fight, and I didn't. And I was never into it, not at all. Didn't even care about it. I liked liked to watch the, I used to watch the old fights, but I wasn't really into fighting. You know, I wasn't like that. And then uh, at one point, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I got into it. I think I started taking a little bit of martial arts, and I was no good really with much of it. I was whatever, but my hands were good. I could punch, you know what I mean? And I remember the dude, the, the guy I was taking martial arts from was like, you've been working on your boxing skills? I was like, no more than anything else. He's like, you punch really solid. You Natural. Good punch. Like not, not, not just a power punch, but I could put combinations together nice. My hands were pretty nice. And uh, the dude was like, yeah, but, but. So I was thinking to myself, why am I paying this guy like $50 a month? When I could go to the PAL for $3 a, a year, all you do is you give him $3 in case his teeth get broken. So I started going to the PAL and training there, and I would learn shit from all kinds of old fighters. They, you know, Some dudes take you under your wing a little, show you. Plus a guy in my neighborhood, this dude named Ed O'Boyle, Eddie O'Boyle, who's my really good friend. And he's actually was, was my trainer for a while and the guy that got me involved in the sport uh, very much. And another guy named Jay Lavin. Two friends of mine from the neighborhood, and they were into it. And... uh they helped me along, you know. I did it on and off because I was always touring. Music was my main thing. I did it mostly on my own. And uh, yeah, over you're the a big years, boxing fan, right? Yeah, big boxing fan. And uh, I went to I went to Jack Graham as well before that. And I said, uh, "Hey, Miss Mister Mister Graham," I said, I-, "I like boxing. I want to box." So he sent me to the PAL and he got me a coach. Introduced me to some old time boxing guys that trained me for a little bit, and I got some some fundamentals down and. You know, I wasn't a strong kid, but, like, I was always, like, not really into fighting. I was pretty mellow and tried to make friends. You nice know what I mean? guy. Yeah. Yeah, I was a decent guy. But uh, I found out that I, I was pretty good at that. And I found out that when the push came to shove, I could really take a punch very well. And I could take a beating very well and not give up and always keep coming back. And when I did come back, I would be able to, no matter how bad it I was, always be able to get the other person's respect. So that, like, made me feel really good about the fact that, uh, like, the shit that happened to me we were talking about earlier as a child, seeing my mother get beat up, had a lot to do with that, you know? It was for different mm. reasons. It wasn't in my nature. It was about surviving. It was about, it was about not being... Uh, knowing that knowing if you that, need to, All that you can. scary shit that happened, traumatic shit as a kid, that that wasn't something that had to happen. Because if it came down to it, all that loud, brash, crazy nonsense... I could cut through it, you know what I mean? I could survive it, and I could I could thrive in that environment yeah. if need be and not be overwhelmed by it. Amen. Hmm. Like so when did you... you uh, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good way to look at it. When did you have your first that, though, fight? It's, it's negative. It's negative. Like your first actual fight, not uh, just sparring or anything like that. When did you... Uh, uh, I don't know, man. Fights were more like shows, like, like you'd go to a different gym and spar. It's really just sparring, man. Yeah. That's all it ever really was, you know what I mean? I never fought in the Golden Globes. So I was always, always, always... But you're a fight sparring. fan. I'm a fight fan. And I Who's fought, your favorite boxer of all I time? Fight, I, used to, I used to do like, you know, guys getting ready for the gloves. I would spar with them all the time. They'd set up folding chairs and you'd like, you know, three rounds. This guy fights that guy. That guy fights this guy. But it wasn't for nothing. Favorite fighter of all time? I think I know the answer to this. Let's do like three, two, one, and let's say it. You okay. want to talk about skills? We're going to talk about like you want to talk your about personal oh, favorite. Talk about your, per- personal your personal, favorite. your personal favorite fighter. I'd have to go with Ray Robinson, Evander Holyfield, James Tony. Mm. James Tony, now huh? skill wise, James Tony, you can't play with him. Learn learned so much just watching yeah. him. how he rolls, how he catches punches, rolls. Didn't counters. Tony have an MMA fight where he knocked the dude out? No, he got he got stopped. 
Oh, he did? Yeah. I thought he knocked somebody out. And I saw, maybe it was Buster Douglas. Some one of them dudes. I'm surprised James Tony. James Tony's good. I'm just surprised he said it. That shows that he's a legit fan. He doesn't just know the... Yeah, you don't just know, like, the no, I mean, I know I, the reason I the reason I like boxing and like the guys I like is because I actually been in the ring and had mm. some pretty hard experiences in there. You know what I mean? So, like, when I see a guy that can do certain things, I realize how difficult it is. <clears throat> being that I, you know, I've been I was early on, and I would spar with guys who were way better than me and spar hard. They'd be getting ready for fights, and it would basically be a fight. Mm. You'd be fighting for your life if you could survive three rounds. You would. You know what I mean? You never got me down, Ray. What do you think uh, about our boy Derek? You never got me Good down, Ray. Ray. Go fight it. Good hands. Fast, fast, fast hands, hands. Tall. Guys like that are a nightmare. He's kind of goofy, though. He's a little bit dumb, no? Oh, oh come on. Wait, he's, think he's, listening? Great, man. he's a friend. He's a puncher. He's a puncher. I didn't know if he'd be listening. He's not a dancer. He's not fancy. He's a puncher. You know, he's a rudimentary puncher. He's a big, strong white guy that hits you and yeah. hurts you. Yo, if, he just, if he just like rolls up on you, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Dude, he's going to let he's gonna let, yeah. he's gonna let a three-piece go before you even know what happened, and you're going to be fucking dazed. Like and a biscuit. You're going you're gonna to be on your knees. You're going to be on your knees, and everything's going to be spinning. You're not going to know what happened. It's going to yeah, be over man. too quick, and then the next day, you can't see out of one eye. You're going to get fucked up. He's a big dude, but he doesn't really come off as a big dude until nice he's guy. like standing until he's, until he's, until he's hovering <laughs> over you and his knuckles are hitting your face and it's going <laughs> yeah. crunch uh, yeah. I don't know I feel like I could take him yeah I think you're crazy yeah, I calm feel- down what are you talking you about? You know that you know, I can You know what's funny all these dudes I know you used to be like run. yeah boxing you know, blah, 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 and they talk all this shit and then you just crush them they put the gloves on and you beat the fuck out of them and you're taking it easy on them and they can't do shit and they look like yeah but in a street fight it's like what are you talking about we're fighting right now man you're getting your ass whipped. you know what as a person who doesn't... And I'm not even one of them guys. I'm not even into that. I'm just saying, like... Yeah. You know, I'm talking about reality. I'm no, I know, I know what you mean. I'm not talking about street talk, loud, who's shaking who up with their voice. I'm talking about actual two men fighting with their fists, all fantasy put aside. Yeah. Talk is done. The actual combat goes down. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I As a person who doesn't talk, do that... I'm not like it. I don't like it. I would talk. rather fight... An MMA guy in the street than a boxer in the street. I don't know about that because you know why picks you up and slams you on the ground. Check this out, man. Check this out. You know what I mean? You might die. You gonna bite him? I can't bite the boxer. I'll never be able to bite the boxer. That MMA guy, he's gonna put his forearm around. I'm gonna bite his finger, bite his ear. Yeah, you could bite, you could defend, you could grab nuts. You can't grab the nuts of the boxer. You could always force a clinch. And boxing, you can try. You can, you can pretty much always force. If you don't know how to fight and you try to go in there in a boxer, then you're gonna get knocked out. You gotta know how to make the clinch happen. You yeah, gotta know how to you, get under you, him. And chances are, the guy who can't fight at all won't touch the boxer. It'll be done. He will touch the MMA guy because the MMA guy is going to hold. Listen him. Listen to me. The guy that can wrestle real well has an advantage over the guy that can box. It's a lot easier to you know. You kind of wind up. Yeah. If the guy out. that boxes is only boxing, but I'm saying now when my primitive instincts kick in and I start biting the shit out of everybody. I'm going to bite him. Like a gorilla. You're going to, like, rip his eyes out, bite his balls off. But, yeah. Oh, shit. Go, 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 <laughs> I can't bite the boxer. Are you saying where he has eyes and balls? <laughs> he's, he's got nothing. He's, you're nothing. You're a woman now. Yeah, you're blind with blind and no balls. He's a woman. Take away your eyes and your balls. You're one of my chicks. I saw Joe from fight a few we're times. We're getting a little carried away. We're getting a little you too, saw him fight a few too times? like testosterone. I saw Joe, fantasy, I saw Joe you know, fight right? before. Like, well, I thought we were going to talk about intelligent shit. Who did I fight, Richard? Talk about fighting. Talk about shit that went on. Pay attention. Sorry. Greg, Richie's talking about me fighting. This is very important. This is very important now. You, you pull some guy into the girls' bathroom at that one place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I beat a guy up in the girls' bathroom at CC's. Didn't you? Yeah. What a That's jerk. What a j- I was trying no, to stop No, he was it. a jerk, man. I was trying to say, come on, guys. Let's yeah, get let's, along. Let's, let, 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 let's <laughs> stop going uh, around. Uh, let's, let's enlighten this, man. We're not, we're not violent. Well, man. you know what? That's true. Because when we first met 
Craig, we realized right away he was on a different level. Yeah, that's true. He's a deep character, a deep thinker. Deep thinker. Uh, it's all true what I'm saying. He has certain perspectives on life and spirituality that are unique. Yeah. And you think I'm kidding, but it's true. We got in these conversations. Yeah. I don't think you can. No, we were just talking about shit on my head like a fucking ranch. You know? Well, no, Craig, this is the truth. We were talking about this last week. Um, we we were talking about how some people, some people, <laughs> mathematics over here. It's hard for them to. Chris, say Chris something. Is a very you're smart alive. guy. Yeah, you know our engineer mathematics as usual is with us. Chris, I know you're alive. I'm alive. All right. So he's, he's really there. He's, he's barely alive. He's hanging For on by all of you don't know, Chris, by so, trade, is an archaeologist. He is. He's, he's a, a doctor, of archaeology. doctor of archaeology. Yes. Professional. So, but, but Chris is hands down the, the, the smartest. Yeah. The, establishment. Chris is hands down the smartest one of us as, as far as like book knowledge. Okay. He's, he knows facts and figures that would just boggle your mind. But no spiritual connection to Mother Earth. Yeah, and the, <laughs> I was I wasn't gonna put it like that, but oh, that's a good way bad. to put it. It's oh, like God. if you if you have to use your imagination to connect two, you you have a puzzle piece here and a puzzle piece here, and you don't have the middle puzzle piece, and you have to try to make a picture. Okay, that's what that's imagination. That's all it is. You're yeah. just trying to connect two things or three things or whatever. With makes sense without out of having the piece, and if and you you try one thing, maybe it's wrong. Okay, get rid of that one. Let's try another scenario. Ah, that one sucks. Let's get. Let's try another one. And you keep trying, and that's what your imagination is good for. And Chris, without having those two, without having that middle piece, he'll just worry about shining up the two pieces he has and making them look nice and pretty without trying to actually connect two things together. Can't shine shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? here's the deal. When it comes to when, when it comes to making the what quote unquote legitimate theories, they can speculate on how they got from A to B. But when it comes to doing anything that's outside of what will be accepted by the establishment, yep. the doll, oh, you're speculating. You're speculating. Speculating it's like a it's like something that they use for their advantage, but then they can also yeah. shut you they down. They have the right speculate. to speculate, but no one else does. Yeah. And they can judge on your yeah. speculations. Chris, is that, Chris. God damn it, get him out of here. Is that offensive, Chris? Yeah, but it's obviously. Like, do, you, do you disagree with me, dude? Hidden archaeology, man. That's what that's about. They're the they're the guard dogs. They're the bulldogs that keep people out of true history, keep us from our birthright. Do you, do you play, disagree our with that, place Chris? In the universe, uh, you know, as conscious Chris, sentient beings. We got some complaints on the last one about you not talking into the microphone. So pick up a microphone and join the conversation here. Is that so, offensive to you? Well, I, I think that academia has Listen to his voice, too. Console. Listen, who's academia? All rehearsed, too. All rehearsed. Hey, let him talk. Let the guy talk. Let the guy talk. Come on. I think like like any other discipline, like academia, has its own limitations and their own, its own infighting you know, that you have to deal with. There's a certain amount of it in anything that you have to do. But we're talking about the status quo. We're talking about the need for imagination. The need for imagination. Is that important in archaeology? Is it important in science in general to use your imagination well, you have to, be able to, make to the, connect things together? You have to be able to, be, to connect things that appear to be disparate from one another. So what that's a certain skill. Mean, they have to have that. It's a different kind of different strands of evidence. You have to be able to weave that together into some kind of con, uh, cohesive narrative. But what I'm talking about is when you don't have the evidence. You're talking about things that exist. He's trying to trick us again. I know. This is what <laughs> Get you, him out of here. Okay? 
when you don't have uh, all the evidence and you're this there's, there's trying to trick you Joe, and very you're for it. little chance of you ever having this evidence is there ever a point where an archaeologist would take a chance and use his imagination to create a scenario to to bridge two things together because here's the thing that I you, see you, you here's the thing that I see to a certain degree here's the thing that I see is that Archaeologists don't want to take a chance at being wrong. Because if you're wrong once, every, well, everyone in your field is always going to see you as that mistake. Well, I think that a lot of people are, are, you know, aren't afraid to go out on a limb in their interpretations of the data. It's how it's presented and how it's published. You know, there's a certain amount of knowledge has to change in the field. Like if you yeah, but who's the one who takes the step? In fairness to Chris, if you're an archaeologist, you have to go. Based off what was found, these yeah, yeah. just say, "Well, I'm, you know, since we found this and this, I think this." But no in the meantime, take that okay, so we have all that's these, not for the archaeologists. We have to all do. these pieces. Who's yeah. it for, though? That's for the general public to decide. They present, they they show what they found, and you can decide. They can't show what they found and then say, "And because I found this and this, it must be this." No, that's proof. not what I'm saying. Must be. That's I'm what, saying imagination. You, you want to say? Could they say that? They really can't. I, you know, they really can't just put their imagination well, in the the It's more about shooting ideas down than it is about building ideas up. We all know that. That's what, that's what all, I'm saying. That's what I don't like about We all about know them. in moments of clarity that life clearly exists in the universe because we're sitting here looking at each other having this conversation. So obviously life, life does, exists, life in, this exists in this universe. Mm-hmm. We don't come from this planet necessarily. We come consciousness was injected into uh, our shell bodies that happen to be here on this planet. Consciousness is a whole different whole hmm. different aspect of it. It's like almost like I, I always use this term. And if anyone from my other group, sick of it all, is going to listen to this, they're going to laugh when I say this because they make a joke out of it. Probably but, because you're quoting yourself, but go ahead. I am quoting myself, <laughs> yes. I equate, <laughs> yes, very arrogantly. <laughs> I equate it to a lamp. Lamp, you have the lamp itself. Uh-huh. Then you have the bulb. Consider the bulb to be the brain. The rest of the lamp to be the body. That lamp does nothing. It, it does not illuminate until you plug it into the wall. What does it draw from the wall? Electricity. We can measure electricity now because we've realized how to measure it. But back way before that, before it was discovered how electricity actually flows and how it can be measured, what would people think with a lamp lit up? They would think there's this body and there's this piece of glass and somehow some magic because they can't really see the force because it operates in a different Medium, it, it it carries itself in a different, slightly different way than the rest of the the hard material. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Consciousness doesn't carry itself in the same way that flesh does. Consciousness is is like a different wavelength, and that's where the real life is. The body is just a vessel to carry consciousness, and we're looking to measure it with the same tools we use to measure things like flesh. Volume, things like that. It's mm. a different medium. It has so it's to safe to say you're not a Catholic. Oh. Is that safe to say you're not religious at all? Uh, I'm, I'm spiritual. Oh, he went that route. Jeez. You know, you're going. You might go somewhere bad. So next, you know, next he's going to say, "I don't believe. I believe in God, but I don't believe he's a a, a man with a white beard sitting in a cloud." That's what comes after saying, "I'm." No, I believe I'm it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Do with a white next. beard was around and people called him God. I'm going to ask yeah. you some serious questions right now, and this may be rough on you. Mm. I, I, is I, I it true you're part right. of a secret society and your code name is Enki? True or false? 
<laughs> I take the fifth on that one. Ah, see, wonder what that means, people at home. I wonder Secret what that society, means. Secret society, yeah. Secret society, Enki. I've heard mm. this Enki mm. tossed around. Google Enki. <laughs> Google Enki. <laughs> Google Enki on this man. Very uh, much like embarrassed right now. I got. Uh, I got. I got some. Some. Some friends. Yeah. yeah, you do. You got a lot of friends. Yeah, You're a well liked guy. I'm very lucky like that. Yeah. Very you are lucky. Well, like yeah, that. does it have anything to do with luck? No, it's, it has to do with. Uh, no, it has to do with your. The way you conduct good yourself. Dude, man. Good, and good karma, you know? I, I, my, uh, my experience with you personally is well, it's no secret. Sick of it all, my favorite band. Really? Yeah. For wow. since, uh, since I got into. That was my first hardcore since show. Since a Ute. First hardcore show I ever saw. You were sick of it all's favorite sick band until you beat the shit out of that guy in Germany. You almost got us. <laughs> I knew that yeah. was a well, joke. You know, we sorry. never did another show with sick of it all's. I apologize yeah, profusely. That's a joke, man. I know. Um, you went on like four Madball tours after that. It was like, okay, they just went to Europe. Well, Madball's like, all right, we like that kind of behavior. But you guys were like, we don't like that kind of behavior. <laughs> yeah, you were like, hey. <laughs> you know what? Joe punched that guy in the face. Called, I didn't say that. You called Freddie. You're like, hey, I got a guy. He was great for you. <laughs> No, uh, well, yeah. So, sick of it all is my favorite band. That's very nice, thank you. And uh, so, you were you were my first show I ever saw, and I just like I honestly, City not not in a cocky. Oh, City this, this isn't meant to be cocky when I say this, but when I saw you guys playing, I was like, I can do that. That's I great. know I can do that. Like that's I want. That's what I want to do. That's great. And uh, and me and Evan started a band shortly after that. This guy, yeah, Evan's here by the way. He was at that show too. He allowed the last. He's been going to shows for years before that, but like I, that was my first show. I drove him to that show. What were you calling him before? <laughs> Who? Evan. Evan is like. Uh, He's like a Michael Landon type Jew. <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? With no hair. But he does Michael like Landon, Michael Landon. Is, is a very handsome type of Jew and very con- who is often mistaken, <laughs> as mistaken opposed for to, a Christian. As opposed to what? As a, opposed to the cartoon character version of the Jews with the, <laughs> you know, the big you noses. Guys, and, what? You has some okay. problems, son. <laughs> but see, this is the thing. He doesn't know his heritage. He doesn't realize he's, he's an Eastern European Jew. He doesn't I realize it. Um, He's a happy guy. Okay, anyway, go back to your story. So. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, so. Um, He's a happy guy, but I've seen him do some fucking grimy shit, let me guy. tell you. So, we, we came up in the ranks, kind of, it, it, not in the ranks, but whatever. We, we put our time in, in hardcore. We played in various bands, different styles of music. Got, you know, a little better, a little better. Yeah, I was hearing better. about your cats over the years. So, eventually, Wisdom and Chains. Doing doing better than you know most of the. We did everything we, we could had. to rip you guys off, and we're still. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Except, so, you, except you added in like more flavor. No, oh, oh, stop it. <laughs> so, uh, Craig, uh, say that again louder. Let's get closer. To <laughs> um, so we got a MySpace message. I guess, right? We did. I think it was a MySpace message from you guys. From I don't know who Armand. sent it. Armand. From their leader, Armand. Armand the He's Brave. Like, uh, the Armand Rom- the Brave. The, Ro- the Romulan. Yeah. Armand the Brave. Armand the Gray. And when I say the Gray, I'm actually, speaking of his, the his back. Yeah, that's, that's right. Sick of it all hit us via MySpace. MySpace and said, we would like to take you guys on tour with us. I thought which it was is, a joke. Blew my mind. Richie said it. And we were like, yeah, right. Who fucking... Somebody hacked their shit. That's bullshit. No, no right. way. And um, 
So it was kind of like what a cool dude, man! What a cool thing to do, dude. That's amazing, man. Because I tell Joe all the time, Yo, Joe, hit that band up to uh, see if they want to tour. He's like, I'm not bringing those guys. Yeah, <laughs> they're not good enough to tour. I'm like, jeez, Joe. <laughs> All right, go ahead and finish your story. <laughs> so, listen to, uh, re- I would like to refer our listeners to the po- the Outtake yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah, we could be playing Richie's, Mafia uh, right now. I got a deck of cards. Hold right on, I'm telling a story. <laughs> so, so, that was potentially an intimidating situation. Because I'm about Why? to go. Because all I ever wanted to do is play one show with Sick of It All in my music career. That's like all I ever wanted to do is like headline CVs, which happened the first time I played there. But still, cocky bastard. You no, know I'm saying it happened. <laughs> Son of a bitch! It got hooked up right off the bat. Boy, no. your fantasies. Uh, yeah, he just chopped yeah. me at the legs. <laughs> no, dude, that's not what I'm trying to say. No, I got you. I, I got, uh, that was that, so, that was wrong. So I, I wanted to. I, I just wanted to play. On. I got to put the filter in the fucking. <laughs> I just wanted to play one show with Sorry sick of it all. That. That's all I ever really wanted out of the. My, my time in and you ended up doing a tour with and them. I ended up doing a few tours with them some fun shit and, and the, fun the best too. thing yeah, the, three of us, the three of us fucked a few people over pretty good didn't we, we yeah had, man we had some good times we man. ruined a couple of, <laughs> a couple of fine men didn't we we, yeah. uh, we hurt men we hurt men yeah we made men who men hurt weep. men <laughs> but we also helped men we helped men we helped. for example uh, well, we made boys men a, a gentleman that you know very well should we say the backbone of uh, with yeah. chains, hmm. taught the man how to fly. Yeah, a phoenix from the ash. And the way you make him fly is just light him on fire and throw him out the window. Light him on fire, push him out there, push him out the window, and just fly or die. Fly. Is it true that you are the ritual leader of a <laughs> of what we call the salting? Uh, oh, what you did to that poor guy? Honorable or dishonorable? Dishonorable. All right, uh, this is getting into a little cryptic for the listener. I'm thinking people are going to be turning us off. You know, left salt right. can help or it can it can hurt. No, they're going to be Google salt. Anyway, Google assaulting. I'm, all I'm trying to say is that you guys were cooler than we could have ever hoped. That like literally, the, we we pulled up to the first show, Frankfurt, Germany, and your your bus was there, and you guys came out of bus and just brought us right on the bus with you, and it was like immediately like we've right, been friends for years, and it was. It was great. Joe, listen, yeah, right you that. hit the kid on stage. They're never going to have us play with them again. Stop. It's done. No matter how much ass kissing you, you do doing? right now. You hit the guy. A, I love that every time. I, I, I had to pretend like I didn't act. see it. I got to like, you know. Be, well, listen, you Joe's trying to get act. us back you in your good graces. Europe, people turn on you quick, first yeah, of all. I know. You got to be careful with that I shit. I hit a guy on stage was sick of it all. I'm not proud Knocked of it. Knocked the guy fucking out is what he did. I'm not proud of it. It just happened to Boss be a camera roll. If it happened right again, from hell. If it happened again, I, I would do it again. Fucked up. I, I like the tease, but the truth is, like Evan said, they don't. The whole story. If you've seen this, how this guy's acting throughout the day. If you saw what Joe looks like, for anyone for him that doesn't know hit. hardcore, and just but if you only see the moment, podcast, Joe's an like, actual do cyclops monster type. He'll fuck you up. Big Dude, time. people were applauding me when I hit him, and I felt like shit immediately. I apologized to the band. I apologized to the crowd. I really felt like shit. But as soon as I walked to the side of the stage after I hit this guy. What did I say to you? The whole fucking stands. There, there was like bleachers in the backstage. People wanted to see that guy And people were hugging me, taking pictures with me. They thought it was wonderful because apparently this guy is not, not a nice dude. He's a dick. The dude, the dude also later on after that, we finished the show, walked down the, those big metal steps, and the dude's down there swinging a skateboard around. 
in a, speaking in a foreign language. Trying to attack poor Joseph. Trying to attack Joseph. Speaking Joseph. in a foreign language. How dare you speak in a foreign language? It was, we were actually speaking the foreign language. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. We were let, me, let, me give, let, me give you, let me give you a little rundown of how that looked. Picture like a fucking gnat holding a Q-tip, trying to, like, kill King Kong. That's kind of yeah. what this guy looked like going up against Joe. He was like Joe. a plane, and Joe's just moving that big <laughs> stone hand. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> so this dude's swinging a fucking skateboard around, so I grabbed a skateboard out of the dude's hand. You I saved think, Joe's life that night. I don't always saved his yeah. life. I grabbed I a skateboard. I saved his life, then he saved I was kind of calm, so I was like, all right, boom, I grabbed a skateboard, and I was like, the guy's like, going oh, skateboard, give me a fuck. You ain't getting this back now. Fuck you. Yeah. Fucking guy and the bouncer's like, you skateboard, fuck you all, fuck you. The guy's got a skateboard in his hand. You know how many people I saw get fucked up with yeah, skateboards? It's a weapon. Yeah, I, man. You know, I've seen people get beaten half to death with skateboards. Yeah. And everyone's complaining later like, on. Wisdom and change beat somebody up and steal their things. What? And still to this day, I tell I, people, I, go, I took the guy's skateboard. I took it because the guy was swinging a fucking skateboard. Amen. I said, Joe, you see the skateboard? It's yours now. Here, take it. I did. You know, Joe got tricked later on to give the skateboard Later back. on, everyone acted like Joe. St- still to this day, I hear that story. They say, yeah, Joe stole the guy's skateboard and beat him up. I go, what the fuck are you talking about? Thank I took you for the skateboard. cleaning that up. Thanks, man. Because the fuck damn guy, devil you know, liars over there. Because some guy swinging yeah, a skateboard. But you know, that show was really good, though. That was a great show. I'm sick of it all. People, American fans <laughs> don't know. Sick of it all. It was a great show. How many people were in front of you guys that night? A lot. There was... 50,000. 50,000? Yeah. Dude, yeah, I they got had fifty thousand people bumping. Yeah. It was incredible, and and they were nice enough to invite me out Ooh. to sing a song with them. Yeah, so I think you all went you're right to your head so record. quick. And I just I yo, I don't to sing on the next record. What? That's what I think is going to happen. Oh, no, I did hear something like that, John. Yeah, boy. Listen, if I get to sing on the next Sick of It All record, I might kill myself afterwards. Oh, thanks. I just might kill myself afterwards because I don't think it could get any better than that for me. I know you sound real for you, yourself afterwards. I would love to. Do, would that be cool though? Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be good for. Like, what do you need from me? You need like a little uh, lick or something? Little. Guitar. Just hang out. Just keep keep helping. Keep keep working with me. No, I I uh, I, I, I you love you guys, man. I really do. You guys, Rich, you got a little exchange program going on. Yeah, and, and check it out. We're sick of it all. You have you guys have a weird kind of uh, ranking system, I'd say. Ranking system. Is it true that Armand is the leader on your side of the camp, and Lou is the leader on the other side of the camp? Oh hmm. uh, well. See, I'm. A, I mean, I, I I like to observe. Hey, let me explain to you how it works. Okay. Pete's pretty quiet. He is. Doesn't really. Doesn't really. Doesn't really get. Uh, works out like a. He's obviously on Lou's team. No, there's no teams. He doesn't get himself worked up. As the this point. is what I'm seeing, though. That's that's why I said I. He doesn't I, get himself worked up, and he, okay. really, he remains calm. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't really get involved when Armand and Lou discuss things because they're it's like two bulls. You can't get through to either one of them. Okay, so it's those two. It's head those head. two going head. Then to you're kind of like the massage guy for Armand and Pete the massage guy for Lou. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's cornerman. No, me, me, me and Pete kind of sit back and throw rocks and talk shit to both of them. Oh, depends on the mood. Sometimes I'll say Armand's a fucking jo, and sometimes I'll tell, I'll think Lou's wrong. You know what I mean? It depends. Sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, Lou's an idiot." So it'll be Armand's an idiot. It depends what they're talking about. <clears throat> One thing I learned is don't get involved in set lists. We can't play this song for some reason that I'll never understand, and these two songs can't go together because somebody has some, you know, stone-headed idea that they can't go together. 
And ultimately, like I used to think, oh, Lou, so you're you carrying a Lou, lot of weird things. I used to think Lou won't do this this song, but it's really it's, it's a lot of it's Armand, and he has these things. He can't play this song back to that song, and you can't play that song that doesn't sound hmm. like this song. Or uh, it's not even a bad thing. It's just uh, the idea with me. Music is you play any song in any any time you want. You should be able to pop out just about any song, and you should be able to play it open with something different every night if you want to you should be able to mix it up and it should be for more freedom and I like it so like, not I like it the same style you're I feel like we play too many of the same songs and too many of the same patterns and that, that like it's just well you can't blame too, people you know. no I'm not saying it's yeah. terrible I'm just saying I wish that we could be a little more freestyle and flip the script once in a while mm. so what would, what then is your favorite record out of the Sick of It All catalog that's hard to say oh don't yawn dude <sighs> excuse me I'm sorry Jeez. it's like 6am it does you cut that out. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. It depends what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a natural record that just kind of kicks, I like Call to Arms for just a natural record mm. that just kind of... Yeah. But the other guys seem to really not like that record for some reason. Like snare sound. They don't like it. So they're more... The, they don't like the production. They don't have a problem with the songs. They don't like the production. I don't record. know what it is. I think that's. I think they like the stuff that's a little more of a... Of a... Of a um, epic... More epic albums, I guess. And that album's a little like built more to just, last. Yeah, it's more of an epic kind of album. I think well, uh, Death to Tyrants is pretty epic. That's too. a really good. Yeah, that's I, a, I think, the, great, la- great I think the last two are really good. The last I two think are my built favorites. Built to last is really good. I like Scratch the Surface. I like mm. Call to Arms a lot, just because it's like kind of raw. It's kind of unpolished. It's kind of just like right from the gut, and I kind of like that. So that's like your preference. What do you think about? It's not just- my preference. I'm just saying I kind of something to me is something very real about that album. The way it just kind of rolls off. It's not really like you know. It's not it's stripped down, kind of. Yeah. What do you think about Just Look Around? It's refreshing. I think it's a good record. I like is that it. that was the first thing you played on? I didn't play on that, no. Oh, really? I joined right after they recorded. Richie what played on just, that. Oh, wow. I, 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 yes, I, I played on that one. Scratch the Sur- uh, Scratch Surface was the first record I played on with these guys. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I always thought you... I thought you I joined came in the after touring. the 7 Inches, basically. No, I did the... No, I, or I, after uh, Blood, Sweat, and No, tears. but when, when, they, when they first um, started playing, I... Uh, I helped him with the first record. I wrote a couple of riffs and I wrote a little bit of lyrics to like well, the title track. I wrote some of the lyrics to Blood and the Sweat. And I went with them when they recorded and like tuned the guitars for them and just hung out. And, you know, like if they were, they, were, they did it all in three days. So I helped out a little bit, you know, like my friends, you know what I mean? You know the drill. Yeah. No, Same no shit, hardcore style. I mean, yeah, you got into the band late, but you've been in the band how long now? 20, like, uh, I was in other bands. That's why I couldn't yeah. play. I mean, I was. I always used to like. I know those guys from the early days. Like I played with Rob in a band, and I, we asked Armand to play in the first band I was ever in. And I knew Pete and Lou from the neighborhood, so we all knew each other. Yeah. I had just started pro- playing out before they did. Yeah, you know what I mean. I had played, been playing. I was regularly playing shows before they had their band organized. Yeah, so I was already like. Uh, but I mean, when I people little, think of sick of it all, they think of. You're the, that's how long you have been in the yeah. band already. So I was like an AF doing like, you know, like national tours and international tours and actually making money doing it. You know what I mean? So it was like I was already doing that. And then that everything kind of fell to the side. And they were like, yo, play with us. So I was like, okay, cool. And they and that was like, and then right, we did that. We did Scratch a Surface and it, it did pretty well. It kind of went like international a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was cool. So I like the way Sick of It All handles handles itself it's business the touring it's like a pro it's very professional yeah it's pro and a lot of hardcore bands 
for some reason they think like, oh, we're just a hardcore band. We don't need to be pro. But why not? You yeah. know, you want to sound like shit. You want to look stupid. You want to put out shit. You know, like do it right. Yeah, you guys present. That's a me basically telling product. you, Joe. Start doing it Every right. Every time you go on a stage, you're presenting <laughs> a superior product. You got to put your best foot it's, forward. It's, it's like yeah. a mentality. Like we're all right. We're gonna do. We're going to sound great tonight. That's like how you guys approach every show. Like, you know we're going to sound great. You know what it is with that? Seriously, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go up on stage now. I'm a little tired or this and that and that. It's like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I can do this with 110% of everything I have. I'm going to show everybody that I'm not a piece of shit and I mean something. Like when I, when I put my mind to something, I could be, the, I could be you know, as good as good can be. As good as I can make good be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same mentality when you step in a boxing ring. It's not like, oh, I feel like whatever I feel like for the next however many minutes or rounds, you're going to get 110% and there's no quit. You're a fucking nail. Mm. You can't, you know what I mean? You're a nail. You don't, you don't bend. You don't break. It goes. That's what Ooh, a show is. Hard, I hope what he said just inspired you. That's you, you hard, take, boy. That, 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 that's the mentality of hardcore. You know what I mean? And I took that mentality when I was in, you know, with the whole boxing thing. It was like, you know, I might not be the best, but I'm going to work the hardest and I'm going to mean it the most. You know what I mean? And you'll see yeah. that come out. And that, that, that's, that's what hardcore, that's why I call it hardcore. You know what I mean? Mm. You got to fucking bring that shit for real. Yeah. Every time. Consistency, you know what I mean? That's badass, man. Before Sick of It All, you're an agnostic front. Yes. What ended that run? Uh, the band just broke up. There was some, uh, some, some, some. Uh, business situations that occurred. And Were you guys shook down by the mafia? You care to talk about that? Uh, Come on, Craig. They're not listening to the Post America podcast. Come on. What are you talking about? There's no mobsters listening to Post America podcast, Craig. I heard what you said, and so did everybody else out here. Craig, talk about it, Craig. Just leave it. You know more details than I know. I never heard anything like that before. That can't go public. Come on. Oh, come on. It's it's got to go public. It's it's high time it went public. That's the coolest story ever. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. Hardcore is a lot stranger of a place than people really think it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder. And you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah. when you tell the leaders of one of the five families to go fuck themselves and you take your flyers from the show and glue it to their door when you're not paying them when you're supposed to be, <laughs> that's fucking hardcore. Yeah, that's hardcore. That's badass, boy. Woo! Damn. Oh, shit. I would man. love to know who did that. All right. That's good. I that's would a good love answer. to know who did that. Yeah. My man. Ooh. Big player extraordinaire. Oh, look at me. Let's go kill somebody. Look at me. Let's just... Was it you? Did you do that? Was... Joe, what are you trying to get this guy hurt? Leave it at that. Look, it wasn't Jeez. my call. None of that was my call. Someone ordered you to do it? just a soldier. I was in a fucking band. Did someone order you to do it? I was in a band. Yeah, yeah. So you got to do what the leader of the band tells you, Roger, obviously, <laughs> tells you to do. So when he <laughs> says, hey, kid, come here. Kid, what take this flyer. <laughs> so what do you do? You run the take boat into flyer, the fish kid. so they float up and then you, you scoop do this them up? And you take do this it flyer, now. kid. You're going <laughs> to nail it to that guy's door. You're going to take a piss on his mailbox. Hey, let me tell you this. What? Some of these cats... Don't need nobody to do their dirty work, and I got, I got nothing but respect for that. So there you go. And that's that. All right, Joe. Stop you trying know, to get people all, hurt. All, all, all the joking around, the this, the that, the that, piano, the that. Piano. I spit. You know some. You know 
a motherfucker stands up, you got to respect it. Yeah, yeah man. no doubt. I got to hear more of that line. story. There you go. Yeah, we'll do listen to that one when the microphones are off. Yeah, I never heard nothing about that. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a good story I heard. There's a, there's so many cool like old urban legends. You know what I mean? And it's you know like it's like that game telephone where the it gets twisted. Through Here's the years. an urban legend I heard about Craig. What's that? The first guy in hardcore. Oh God, I know what you to rock s- sneakers. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is on stage. So, is that true? Such fantasy, you guys. I heard that. To... I really no, heard yeah, that. This is what it is. Vinny used to always say, "Kid, kid, you you know you brought the sneaker to Agnostic Front. You freshened us up. You brought us modern." We were always with the old boots. Kid, you brought the sneaker to Agnostic Front. Oh, all right, all right. Not the young kids like us. You brought the sneaker to Agnostic Front. So it's not the first sneaker in hardcore, but the first sneaker in Agnostic Front. <laughs> I brought the sneaker to, to a boot band, yeah. Yeah, I got it. So there were stra- straight skinhead, straight Doc skinhead. Martin band, like boots, and then here you come on stage, the new cat, the young kid jumping around. Jumping around, jumping and around and sneakers. And Chuck Taylors and whatnot, whatever yeah, that shit. Yeah, it's like high tops. 80s, cool. 80s high tops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did not did like old fans be like, "Yo, who's this new fucking kid? We got to smack." Nah, no, I was friends with all the old guys. Those friends with no. I mean, when you go to like South Carolina and play, and they want to see AF with with hard. When you go to South Carolina, they, these... they want to be your friend because you're from New York and you're playing Agnostic Front. Nobody's uh-huh. stepping to you. They want to be your friend, and the guys that do step to you usually you got forty other guys backing you up, and they fucking break their heads in the parking oh, lot. You don't like South Carolina? <laughs> talking about eighty shit. No, Ooh. South Carolina never had a problem. I'm just giving you an example. I'm talking general, general. <laughs> talking speak. about them gamecocks. Huh? Some, ge- some general <laughs> shit. I'm talking about. Now me, this type of violence talk. That's not really me. You know what I mean? You're above that. Don't get me wrong. Shit can go down, and whatever happens, happens. And but I'm, you don't I'm want not it trying to, to sound you. tough. You what I'm saying, no, it's got really nothing to do with me. I'm here to. Perform music and express myself and make friends and spread you had a mess- good time again, spread a message of love and unity. Huh? Although it's you know not always so uh, that's, that's clean and pretty, that's what but you got the that's idea. What we're about. I want to spread love, kid. That's what spread we're all love. about. You spread see love. how we do. Yeah. So you had a good time in AF, though. Oh, I had a great time. It was like crazy, yeah. wild. Yeah. Some, when we uh, some uh, go we... for broke, wild, abandoned, no safety net, just go off, laughing, a lot of fun. Yeah. A couple of months ago. We ate dinner together at That's Vinny right. Stigman's house. Actually, all three of us. And he was the telling... The two silent guys here. Silent Bob and Silent Bill weren't there, though. The yeah. guys that refused to fucking talk. <laughs> if they were, we wouldn't have noticed anyway. And Gallo cooked. Mike Gallo cooked. Mike Gallo yeah. cooked and Vinny Stigma. Vinny pretty much talked shit the whole Vinny time. Vinny did the soup, though. He did the... Oh, uh, nice soup. Yeah, it was unreal. Who went to... Uh, oh, you went to Whole Foods and got some... I got some dessert. Some I brought some dessert. Some and drinks, some, some treats. You got bread. a little coffee cake. Um, but I got like a Vinny Stigma cake, told yeah. a really funny story about your, your boots. Oh, about God. somebody stole your boots. That's a bad story. Oh. No wonder he was wearing sneakers. Now that I remember, so, yeah, because he didn't have any boots. <laughs> it was no, It was. It was like it was probably like 1988, and it was snowing out, huge snowstorm, and I was at Vinny's house, and. Uh, so I took my boots off because they were covered in brand new boots I just bought. Bought a brand new pair of boots, real nice, $90 boots, you know what I mean? And uh, Trying to fit in with the older guys with the nice No, boots. I needed boots. It was the winter, you know what I mean? But a good pair of boots, everyone, <laughs> you know, I didn't wear boots in the summer is what I'm trying to say. Like, these I guys wore you. boots. This is for utility boots. These guys wore like fucking, you know, 18-hole Doc Martens in like These July. boots were for a purpose. These boots were for the snow. So I put them in a hole and... Uh, you know, I probably had a bunch of beers. I was probably drunk or something like that. And I go back to get my boots, and they're gone. It's raining out. Hmm. So I'm like, somebody stole my boots. So I grab a mop, and I start going around the building with a mop, like looking for who stole my boots. I go out in the street, and my socks are soaking wet. I come back, my boots are gone. And these guys are laughing, my boots are gone. 
And uh, turns out uh, Roger took my boots and threw them in the incinerator. <laughs> oh, wow. That is the Some foul oh, shit. meanest shit, thing. That's mean. Foul shit for no, for no real reason other than just to. Just threw them in the incinerator? Why would I, you just I, 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 I didn't, know, would you I didn't that? find that out until like three years later. Oh, wow. That's brutal, my boots man. were just gone. I thought they were stolen. But years later. That How was, did that come out to you? I don't remember exactly, but I, when it came out, I, I the beans. when it came out, I laughed. You know, it was years. Yeah, later. three years later. Three years later, you laugh. You know, it's one of those things. You know what I mean? He's got a pretty crazy sense of humor. Huh? I liked kind of that he did. <laughs> it's that. Pretty, it was pretty fucked. He's up. got like a pretty like cruel <laughs> sense of humor. It's comedy. You know what I mean? At the time, it's not funny, but it shit happens. You know, well, you were like the kid, the little kid. I did some. I did some. I did some shit to them too, though. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. by them, I mean Roger. You know what I mean? Like, how would you do to Roger? Uh, all kinds of shit. Come they on. went back and forth. He put it this way: he's a hard guy to beat. What's the best prank you ever played on Roger? Hard guy to beat, but you could, you could, you could, you could tag him, tag yeah. your it. What's you the best know? tag you ever had on Roger? I don't know. Come you do get, too, no. Even when you would get him, he'd get out of it. Like one time, blah, 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 blah you know, he owed me $50. I, I beat him in some type of event. And uh, so he owed me $50. And yeah. his, birth, his daughter's birthday came up. So I bought her a cake with the $50. Dude, I fucking beat you, fa- beat you fair and square. You owe me 50 bucks. Doesn't want to pay you. He bought his daughter a birthday cake, which means he just kept the money. You so know you mean? bought his daughter a birthday cake. So he yeah. beat you again, is what you're saying. Yeah, he beat you no, twice. Believe me, believe me. You I'll, didn't tag him. No, I no, but I beat. I, <coughs> yeah, you tagged yourself. That doesn't count. <laughs> I beat him. That doesn't count. <laughs> I would have paid to be able to beat him. You're like, yeah, cake. but I ate some of the cake. No, no, I got him good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got him. I beat him. Like I got him. You know what I mean? But you know, whatever. It's okay. It's all bullshit. Who cares? We have fun. I don't like those kind yeah, of games. We go back and forth. We laugh. It was cool. Years ago, but it's uh, you know no, yeah, I don't like playing that shit anymore. No, I don't go crazy now. No, yeah. no. But how old we like no, playing mafia? That's like you tag somebody in mafia, then you get them the next the next round. Yeah, fun know, stuff, whatever. fun stuff. You know what I mean? That's easy. I'm no. all for laughs. I like to laugh, have fun. You know what I mean? You are a funny guy. You're a funny guy. Yeah. Is it true your nickname is Larry David? If so, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Richard, Richard, Richard. I knew you were gonna slip that one in somehow. Round two, we are we we uh we faded the, out last night. Faded out last night. We we stopped around probably six in the morning, five thirty, six in the morning, something like that. And um, so now we we got up, we we rested, we did a little bit of work around Craig's house. We helped him out. We, we cleaned with, out the barn. Project. We filled it. Check it out. This hey, 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 don't don't give too many details. Play it down, bro. You filled we. Me and five dudes from Pennsylvania and my friend Phil Frost, we filled a 30-yard roll-off container in two hours flat. Just like we told you. we Very like impressive we shit, man. Very uh, despite, despite you, we I thought it was going to take at least four hours. It was really cute. Craig had on, like, boots and gloves, and it was really... Yeah, I was playing work. It was a dust mask. I was playing work He was playing dress-up. It was really adorable. <laughs> and, uh, no, but it was great, man. We got some work done this morning. Got to insult Shannon a little bit. Yeah, you know. Always, fun. Craig. Have you ever had a, like a, a real job? A job? At, well, outside of have music. Have I ever had a real job? Of course, I had real jobs, dude. I was a furniture mover from when I was seventeen till I was about twenty-three, and I actually broke my spine doing that job. I was a small little dude. I was a skinny kid, and my brother was a furniture mover, and he, all these dudes would come over and they'd get fucked up, drunk, and I'd be like, <clears throat> "I want a job. I want a job. I'm old enough. I could work." And uh, 
they were like, it's really hard work, you know? His friend Frank would always tell me, it's really hard work. I'm not saying you're not capable. I'm saying you're probably not strong enough. Because when I was like 17, I just turned 17. It was before I started working out a lot. It was right around when I started getting into boxing. I wasn't strong. I hadn't been lifting weights. Within two years, I was already kind of jacked, you know what I mean? I, had been, I worked out like a maniac for two years in box. So I, was, I went from being a skinny kid to being in shape quick. But uh, they put me on this furniture truck, and that had a lot to do with all that. Busted my fucking ass. First two days I worked. Uh, first day was an 18-hour day, and second day was a fucking 17-hour day. <laughs> of, carrying, like, of carrying furniture up and down, like three-flight three Brooklyn Brownstones. So, so you got a little taste. All right, you got a taste I'm working work. with these cats, and I fucking and eventually I wound up uh, blowing a disc in my spine, carrying an old 1950s sofa bed up a twisting staircase. Spent about a month in bed peeing in a bottle. Ugh. Didn't know I had a broken disc until 10 years later when I started limping. And the doctor was like, yeah, you have a totally desiccated, blown disc. What happened? I said, 10 years ago, I hurt myself working, pissed in a bottle for a month, laying on a mattress on the floor. Guys, if you didn't go to the doctor, I was like, how the fuck am I going to... Uh-oh. You heard that fairy dust? I yeah, think, what was that? I think Shannon's back. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Shannon. This is a joke. So Shannon's here. the smallest guy, so he's the only one I can pick on in wisdom. These other guys are monsters, if you know Yeah, he know. left, though. They left. So, I talk, so I'm, not, not, not only that, I'm talking shit behind his back. Well, he's gone now. We could do that. That's Evan's gone. Uh, Mathematics left. So now <laughs> we're going to have a kind of a fucked up. Well, yeah, the, 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 the chemistry's off. We, but got, we do have we got with my us. friend Phil Frost sitting in with us. He's my friend. And uh, if you guys know Sick of It All's material, Phil Frost um, uh, did the Yours Truly album cover for us. Oh, he's, wow. a, prof- he's a professional artist by trade, and, famous, and a very a very world renowned one as well. So you did you have anything to do? Uh, pick up that's your mic there, Phil. Pick it up. Don't be shy. This one right here, it's, Richie. Turn that one up, number three. Yeah, to, got, uh, turn got. it up a little a little bit, like uh, two one third of the way up. We got it, son. Okay, mind your so, own business. Um, when you <laughs> did you have stab. anything to do with the video? Uh, what was the video from yours truly? No, uh, no, no. What was the where video? You're on the, where you guys walking around the city beating, beating everybody up? Was that from yours truly? Or was that? that from? Was that from? Uh, that would, no, that was from. Uh, what you talk about the video for? We talk about the artwork because there's artwork in the video I think that, that was like the album. Cover. I think that song was on a different album. That was on Call to Arms, wasn't it? Was that Call to Arms? That was my friend Evan Jacobs out in California, Anhedonia Films. My friend Evan Jacobs, I refer to him as Clabby. I do a lot of collaborations with him. I actually do. Uh, uh, got a time with Craig Ahead, which is like a boxing Instagram thing. He does a thing boxing with Evan, and once a week, once every two weeks, I step in and do an episode of Got a Time. I got a lot, you know. I'm I'm gonna uh, being that I'm, I'm in the boxing world, you know. Like the other day, I was gonna uh, interview Lou Colazzo, who was a the welterweight champ, he's a top contender now, and uh, he was a WA WBA welterweight champ. So I was gonna interview him, ask him who uh, who. Ah, you'll see it. I'll interview him next week. He was busy training, though. I couldn't interrupt him when he was training. This man's working. Yeah. You know? I don't show up at the the concrete job and tell you how to fucking make a form, do I? No, you don't. All right, And if you did, we'd beat the shit out of you and bury you in the concrete. (laughs) Nobody's beating the shit out of me. Yeah. Listen, he worked with my people. He sees how they do. Yeah, Richie works with straight animals. Like animals. That's all right. Human animals. That's yeah, right. they know three, four words. Let me it. tell you something. Straight up, straight up, I'll show <laughs> like you a job. Man. Those dudes will love me. I'll be best friends. No, they, they would love I'll you. Be they best they friends with half of them. Quick. No, yeah. Well, this was very rude, but I, we started talking to Phil, and then he, he didn't even get a word. Oh, he didn't say man. hello. Say Sorry, hello, Phil. Phil. Hello. 
There you go. Hello, Phil. There we go. Now he's on record. So Phil's an he artist. Phil's an artist. He did that album cover f- for us as well as many other things. So yeah. Phil, is album art normal for you? You you do a lot of album art or not? Nah. Not really. What do you, paint, you just paint. paintings? Yeah, try and paint. So what did you see his art first and say I want to use that for a cover or did you say they asked me first could to you do, do a cover? Uh, call to arms? Yeah. But then uh, they, I, and then they asked me the next time, so I, I did it. Nice. Beautiful. We, we, you know, and I met him. We became friends. He had a fist for the first five seconds of me meeting Phil. He was choking a guy in a in a in like a in like an elevator, like a like a, a service elevator. I look at him. I see some, I see some guy getting in his grill. I see some guy like really getting yeah. in his grill. I'm like that. That's that dude Phil over there. And Pete's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. There's some shit. And and then like uh, Pete's looking. He's like, oh shit, oh shit. We look over the corner and there's like you know the elevators like moving and there's like a big scuffle and. uh it turns out Phil like fucking choked the guy yeah, up, choked the guy. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. It feels all like stop, stop. All right. Well, so you're very uh, calm and really and nice, quiet. You don't speak of a guy. very much, and I'm like, you don't, you don't look like can't avoid wax. You don't look like a uh, like a pushover dude, but you definitely don't. I, I can't picture you choking somebody out in the elevator. That's pretty nah, surprising. Phil's chill, man, but people get up on him for some reason. People like to bother him. Yeah, so I've seen people fuck with him before. I don't know why, and he's the nicest guy. Maybe because you don't talk much, you know, so they don't know. I wouldn't like fuck a with this guy. Man. Look at him. Well, I'll tell I you, wouldn't fuck with him. You're I, a big dude, man. I'll tell you a show a, a show story. So Phil was my friend already, right? But he used to he used to have like hair, pretty much, right? Did you have hair? You had hats on or whatever. Anyway, I hadn't seen Phil in a while. <laughs> Maybe you gained some weight, whatever the fuck the deal was. I don't know. It was either hair or a hat. I hadn't or, seen anyway, him in a while, continue. so I'm playing some show somewhere, I guess in upstate New York or wherever. What was that? You remember what that was? And this big skinhead dude is grilling me, kneeling down on the side of the stage, grilling me. Yeah. So I'm playing. I look over. I'm like, damn, this guy's grilling me. So I keep playing. I'm playing. I'm concentrating on the show. Every now I look over. I see this dude giving me this fucking stink eye, like real dangerous looking dude. I'm like fuck what's with this guy man what's this guy's beef you know wait what I mean? till you get done I don't know what the deal is so I'm like trying to concentrate on the show I'm like I got beef with this cat over I can feel it you know when you can feel it yeah. so uh, all of a sudden I'm like fuck this motherfucker and the song ends and I look and I walk over and I stare right at him and I was gonna go up to him like yo why are you looking at me like that and I look at him and he's grilling me he's grilling me and we both just start laughing because I realize it's Phil I couldn't really see him with the stage lights and all so that you shit. Smashed him out. Yeah, like that. Plus, so I was I was in my fantasy zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. People look like I don't know what's happening on stage. I'm so into it. Like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I couldn't really see because of the fucking yeah, yeah. lights. I'm not gonna play some fantasy dudes that stand still and playing rock bands. They talk about that. how crazy they are. Meanwhile, wrong. us we play in hardcore bands. We're literally like fucking throwing ourselves, burning out yeah. of a third story window, and we're like, "Hey, how you doing, Joe? Sick of it all. Yeah. Hey, Phil. They they move. Hey, Phil." Yeah, you see a friend, you're like, hey, how you doing? But I didn't recognize him because of whatever. There, a, cu- a couple bands have a stage I've been presence shook up that never comes since. close. But, <laughs> shook up but how many bands have a stage presence like Sick of It All? Not, hey, in our 20s and 30s, man, we tore shit up like crazy. Still uh, do, but I'm saying. Not too many. When we were not younger, you could even really like, you know, because the shows were shorter. Before we were a headlining band, you'd play for like 30, 40 minutes. You know the drill. Yeah. And then you can really just go off, man. I never really went off, so I- you know what we did one time? We had a contest. Because too much, too much. You know, you don't want to force. You want to do what yeah. comes naturally. Yeah, yeah. When, when As I get older, I'm more rhythmic anyway, I feel like. Yeah, when our main band was Crutch, when that was the band that we were, you know, playing shows out with a lot. Um, Crutch was notorious for standing still. It was a good band. Just looking hard and just shit. Just looking, yeah, just staring at the audience. Mm-hmm. I remember. But, I remember. Uh, we had a contest one time. Like, we were trying to, like, kickstart, like, all right, this is going to be the year when Crutch, you know, really starts getting a stage present. And um, 
<laughs> we played a show in, in uh, I think it was New Hampshire with the Bruisers. And we had a contest to see who would go. You know, whoever, whoever went off, everybody would buy that guy dinner or whatever. You know, whoever, the winner of the contest. Who won? I won that shit. Ricky walked up and down the Did stairs before and after yeah. the show. Didn't yeah. Then I pushed Carl right off the stage. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rich was being a dick. Down, like, he was like basically <laughs> like beating up the other members of the band, kicking the singer, knocking people over, like trying to fuck up people. Like, I remember with Crutch. Pushing cymbal stands I remember this, this oh, one dude. dude that will remain nameless was always mentioning Crutch to me all the time. Well, and uh, he was always like, oh, crutch this, crutch that. So I was like thinking in my head, like, crutch must suck because this douchebag's always mentioning them. Oh, oh yeah, somebody you don't like, like the Somebody crutch. nobody likes. Yeah, so Some I know fucking jerk off that doesn't come around anymore. I know. Uh, I got you. Looks, exactly. like a, looks like a fucking tree. You come on. Jerk off. Yes, you got you know, I got no, I got no, I got no problem with people that are into body art, but you know that jerk off with all the tattoos and the shithead. It's like a tree. The shithead. <laughs> tattoo of bark. That fucking jerk off. He's got a tattoo of bark. A branch a tattoo. Bark. Yeah, bark. Branch leaves, leaves bark. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to be rude. I, I got no, I got hope no ill feelings to any man. I'm just saying it. Yeah, you don't like him, obviously. No, it's, not that I, it's not that I don't like him. I just it's not that I hate him. I don't like him. Exactly. Who's the biggest phony in hardcore? The biggest phony? Biggest phony. You yeah, know you who it is. you could call out one phony right now. I don't know who you know. I'm just saying you probably... I know that in your head you think, that motherfucker's a phony. Well, who is it? Obviously, you got, I got to be a real phony. Oh, All right. Nice. You know what I mean? That kid... Like, always, he's, he's probably the, on a lot of people's top three phoniest people Well, he was just always... He always talked this and that. And like, you know, oh, the scene, the scene. Then he was like always about like ripping people off for nickels and dimes. Right. Catching bootlegging your old records. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, the cops are play. It's like... A, who even cares, really? But like, you know, as far I mean? as bootlegging, sick of it all has to be getting bootlegged all over the place. I, I see, guess, sh- yeah. I see shit everywhere that's not real. Sick of it all, shit. That's kind of a sign of uh, a sign of success, though. You know, yeah, being but bootleggable. Is there anything a, a band could do about that kind of stuff? You could. Uh, uh, I got a good bootleg story. You want to hear it? Involves yeah. pretty ferocious violence. This is the yeah. European. Uh, what is it? Italy. No, not Italy. You don't fuck around in Italy. You get stabbed to death, and yeah, the cops will come and beat you and put you in jail. In Italy, you get way. stabbed and beaten and thrown in jail. Right. So what we were playing, it was like when Scratch the Surface was out or Built to Last, and we were touring a lot, and uh, bootleggers would always show up, and they were always English dudes. So they'd follow us all over Europe, these English dudes. So what we would do is we'd go outside, and we had a little plan. Like, for example, Mark M.A.D., we'd go out speaking only German, knock the guy to the ground, rough him up, like forearm smash him, pull his wallet out. And then when the guy's down, Mark would pull his wallet out and hand it to me, for example. I'd take the guy's ID out and I'd be like, all right, Tony Thompson, you know, you bootlegging this stuff. This guy wants to kill you. You're lucky I'm here. I called him when he ran out. This guy doesn't speak English and he's crazy. He wants to kill you. I go, I don't want to kill you. I just want to warn you. This guy's going to fuck you up. Don't bootleg sick of it all with stuff. You know, tell your friends not to not to follow us around and bootleg stuff. Yeah. This guy wants to kill you because this guy's involved in making money from our merchandise, which is kind of bullshit. But I just threw that out there. Yeah, nice little thing. And the guy'd be shook, and the guy would you know run, and I'd be like, I'm gonna keep your ID. And I'd give him back his wallet most of the time, just keep his ID. Sometimes I'd even give him back his ID, depending Ooh. on how he carried himself. Yeah. And uh, the dude would be shook, and when he got ten feet away, they almost always like, "Fuck you, wanker! Wait till you get to Manchester." Yeah. So fuck you, wait till you get to Manchester. Kept happening. So I let Mark beat some guys pretty bloody. Happened almost every night, any major show. So then we get to Manchester and we finish playing. We were playing with uh, Dick Dale was playing the big room at the Manchester Manchester University. We were playing the, the room downstairs, the smaller room, or maybe vice versa. However, the rooms were set up. So uh, we're playing, and at the end of the set, we're backstage, all winded because we like went off. You know what I mean? like a good lively show and all of a sudden a dude comes upstairs and he goes hey there are a group of dudes downstairs like 15 dudes and they're bootlegging your shit and they said tell sick of it all why don't you try that shit in Manchester 
Oh so uh, shit. so so calling you out, son. So, so Pete looks at me and starts laughing and we were in a good mood, it was a good show. Pete looks at me and starts laughing. He goes, Let's just go down there and just just get right out right on it. Yeah. And we were with Eric Rice, you know, Smokey that used to play in H two O. Yeah. So it was me, Pete, Eric, and Toby actually. Toby got up in this one. So we were on tour with H two O back then. So Pete, like, I don't know what he grabs, he grabs something or other, like a stick or whatever. Uh I grabbed this pipe that's like six feet long and really skinny. Now these violent stories, I'm not a violent guy at all. But I have, like, I have a handful of good yeah. violent. I have a handful of pretty don't, good don't stories. Don't explain yourself. Don't what back, I'm saying don't is, I'm not like a fucking hardcore tough guy. I'm just, I'm just, you know, telling. Get you to it. I'm trying to make it clear that I don't believe in all bullshit. I, all right, I, tell I, us how you beat these guys up already. All right, all right. Fucking right. <laughs> disclaimer's been said. So uh, we run outside. So so I grab a fucking steel six foot pipe. Pete grabs a stick. I don't know what, what Smokey has, and Toby grabs a jar of mayonnaise. Right? <laughs> so we run outside. We choice. run downstairs. We run outside. We walk out. Smokey goes out first, and we're all standing behind him. And he goes, Hey, that's a nice shirt. Let me check it out. And the guy hands Smokey the shirt. Now, these are giant steps, like library steps, like 100 fucking, you know, stone steps. The guy hands Smokey the shirt. Smokey grabs the shirt with one hand. Fucking belts the guy in the mouth with the other hand. The guy goes falling down the stairs. Toby takes the best part. Toby takes the jar of mayonnaise and from about two feet away throws it in this guy's face. Ouch. And a fucking jar of mayonnaise explodes in this guy's face. Oh, it might have been Pete that did God. that with the mayonnaise, but I think it was Toby. Yeah. Mayonnaise, you see just mayonnaise was all over everybody, right? That's incredible. So I got this six foot long pipe that I can't even do shit with because it's too big. So like all these dudes, as soon as that, the guy gets punched in the face in the jar of mayonnaise, they all run out into the street, right? They run out into the street, but there's a little scuffle first. And I see a dude running up the steps with a black mask on, dressed in all black, with a black ski mask and a baseball bat running, running up the steps. So I'm like, oh, shit. I go, I had the big pipe. I was like, it's time to get busy. I got to get down with this cat. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, it took yeah. me back for a second. I was like, this is heavy shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, got my game face on right away. I'm going to fuck this dude up. You know what I mean? Plus, I had the high ground, which if you read Sung Su's Art of War. Yeah, that's where you want to be. Never give up the high ground. Got the high ground. You know what I mean? I used to use that shit a little. Anyway, so the dude comes running up, and I take the pipe, and I just start swamping on his head. But he's blocking. It's like a... Like a like a sword fight. Like a real life... The dude's holding the bat with two hands, and the bat's bending, and I'm hitting him with the pipe. And he's breaking, and he's like catching the bat. Damn. I mean, catching the pipe with the bat. And it's hard to swing. The thing's so long and thin. But it was heavy, and I was like, whap, whap. It's like trying to hit the dude with a fucking giant spear or whatever. So I take two or three whacks, and I guess I got the dude's hand or something. I must have hit him Ouch. in the hand. And the dude drops Did the bat. Did cr- uh, criminy or something? He, I don't, he, he yelled. He was like, oh. He hit, I, guess I, hit his, I guess I hit his hand. You know, no shit goes on. You're excited, so you don't recall that well. Yeah. The dude drops the bat and falls, stumbles a few steps to the next little landing and gets up and runs. He like runs away and he, he's shaking his arm. So I guess yeah, I got his hand. And uh, they all run out into the street and it gets real calm for a minute. And I'm like, oh, shit, we handled that pretty well, right? All of a sudden, psh, 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 bottles start smashing off the doors of the place. So they all go out and they all grab bottles from the street. The English love to use And they bottles. were throwing, bottles, they, I swear to God, there were bottles breaking around me. There must have been a... 75 bottles broken under a minute. Rainy now, check this out. Heaven. All of a sudden, I'm standing there alone. It's just me by myself, right? You, you people left you? I don't know what. It was so wild. <laughs> the, shit had, the shit went off so quick. Yeah. It was such like an explosive element that you weren't looking at anybody. It was yeah. like fucking straight up combat. 
So all of a sudden, I got this still, I got this pipe in my hand. And bottles are breaking. They're breaking off the pipe. They're breaking up my feet right next to my head because I'm standing up against the doors. You know what I mean? The doors of the club. Bottles are breaking. Bottles are breaking. A bunch of dudes run up and surround me. Now, I'm up against the wall with a six-foot pipe. So I get like a semicircle of dudes around me. So I'm like checking them with the pipe, hitting them in the arms and keeping them back. And it's like a standoff. Yeah. All of a sudden... You know, a dude breaks through the semicircle of guys that I was keeping at bay, and the dude runs right up to me, like charges right into me, and I try to hit him with the pipe, and I get through, but he kind of jams me up, so I smash him in the bicep as he's coming in to tackle me, Oof. boom, and he tackles me up against the the thing, and he's like, the door's open over there, go inside, it's Smokey, Eric, you know Eric Rice, yeah, kind of can't he realized, yo, you know where's Craig? He looked, yeah. they all went inside and looked in like where's Craig? Oh shit, he's out there. So he ran through the fucking the bottle storm and got me. So bang, I, and uh, he gets me. We smash through the dudes and we're running full force to run through this one door that's open. So we're running full force and uh, Eric goes in right, and I'm like a few steps behind him, and all of a sudden when I'm running. I just fucking hit something with my shin running full of a two-by-four. They put a two-by-four in, like, you know how the door, there's two braces, a knee a knee height brace and yeah. like a chest height brace. They put, yeah. like, wood there. Oh, shit. I run full, for, for whatever reason, they put it down. I guess they yeah. thought Eric was the last dude coming in. I run full speed, smash this thing with my shins, fly through the fucking air. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, like I'm fucking, like, and, and land and boom, and skid on the oh, ground, right? God. I'm fucking on the ground, like, all fucked up. Boom, I look up, and I'm, there's a pair of boots next to me. I look up, and it's Dick Dale. Yeah. Standing over me. And he's like, he looks at me and he offers me his hand to bring me up. He goes, he goes, you're a fine bunch of young gentlemen. I'd like to take you on tour anytime. Yeah. You're some real men. You boys are real men. I saw oh, the whole thing. Nice. And I was like, oh, thanks. He's like, you a man. You guys handled that. Like there was 15 of them and there was like three or four of you. Dick Dale. He was cool. You know what it is? We got the jump. We came out like fucking on. We came out like ready to like, all right, men. you want to yeah. go? Like men. Came out and shook him up. But I got caught out there and then my knee was like, not my knee, my shins. I had to. A real huge, like a half a baseball on on my shin, oh, a giant I split. It was probably big, there for I didn't a get month. stitches, but it was a big cut. It was like bleeding. Like was that like towards the end of the tour? Yeah, it was toward the end. Oh, I limped for a couple of days. When yeah. you're like, you know, it's a long time ago. So when, you, when you're like in your twenties, so when you were in England, guys used to actually just follow the band around, bootlegging your stuff. Yeah, but it never happened again. I mean, it happened in small spurts, but that yeah. stopped it. Well, yeah. nice. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that cool, was man. the Manchester Mafia. They called themselves. Yeah. There were a bunch of like, you know, right, so you went against the dudes. New York Mafia. New York Mafia. The Manchester, Manchester Mafia. This is dirt. You got some and, fans. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. And now I'm being interviewed by the Pennsylvania Mafia. No, hey, oh, no take such it thing easy. That Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania mafia. mafia doesn't exist. You no understand what I'm saying? You see the looks I'm getting here. No you feel what I'm saying? There is no Pennsylvania Mafia. Hey. You understand me? Wow. Nicky Scar- Nicky Scarfo and those guys, from what I heard, were serious Ooh, guys. Yeah. Wow. We'll talk about Uncle Nicky. Or they were serious guys. Yeah, yeah I guess. I don't we'll know. talk about Uncle Nicky. Very dangerous right. people. Yeah. The Phil- Philadelphia mob was brutal, violent. Marlino and all Didn't those really guys. Didn't really follow rules like some other I heard spots. they were pretty, pretty rugged dudes. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they, people know what's up down there. They do things different. You know Philly. I mean, Philly... Uh, Philly's grimy. City, grimy. Is it home to the ugliest people on the planet, you think? I, I believe it may be. The yeah. women, the women, aren't, the ugliest the women aren't the ugliest. The, well, dudes are. the cool thing about Philly is a lot of people move from Philly to other places. From other places. Spread the ugliness. So they like they look all right. No, they move into Philly. They move to Philly from yeah. other places. So a yeah. lot of nice country, Pennsylvania, big boob country women <laughs> move to Philly. <laughs> big boob. You know, because they want to live in the city and they make it a little nice, but otherwise the locals are just like zombie. That, that was like faces. the thing in my in my high school. I don't know about yours, but in my high school, like you, you know, there's always the element in high school where people are like, "Hey, get the fuck out of this town," you know, like that, yeah. those kind of people. And they all, the majority of them went to Philly. 
I guess because it's in Pennsylvania, even though technically New York was a lot closer than than uh-huh. Philly from from where we live in Pennsylvania. I refer to Phil as Philly. So what does that say about him, gentlemen? Yeah. Philly, yeah. Philly, Phil. Phil, you look grimy as shit. Now that I know you fucking choke dude, people you out talk in to him, What a nice guy he is. But if you dude. didn't know him, I would not. This guy got stories like fucking crazy like people, stories. This guy's just this guy's the most gentleman since, guy. But he's from, got some from yesterday up to today. I bet you said about dozen and a half twenty, words. maybe twenty words. I dude, say. you bring yeah. him around. He's like a bodyguard. Like nobody fucks you. They look at him. He's like all quiet like that. He's chilling. He's giant. Even look, he's a, he's laughing silently. You don't even say what he's Let it go. Come on, Phil. Let it go, baby. Let it go. Phil comes over. Yo, Phil comes. Phil's living in Albany, and I'm over here in an undisclosed location. So Phil's, you know, uh, uh, anywhere from a a three minute to a three hour drive from 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 me. In any in any any direction. Anywhere in there. And the point is, uh, (laughs) Phil comes, and my my mother my mother actually comes up here with me a lot of the time. It's like our getaway spot. You know what I mean? To relax, family uh, family compound. And Phil, we we make dinner and we invite Phil over a lot. That's cool. Yo, we went out to eat with Phil and all. Mom loves Phil. Remember that spot? That was a good restaurant. What was the name of that spot? What was the name of that spot, Phil? The Italian joint. That was like the oldest Italian restaurant in. in it's a real classic name. It's not Carmine's. It's like uh, Lombardo's. 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 Yeah. Good food. Old good, school. Yeah. Old school Italian food. Yeah, no, that Lombardo's <laughs> like, was good. None of that fancy shit. Joe, you like go with us? No, I didn't go, but I heard about yeah, it afterwards. It was a real good family style. Old world Italian food. Real deal. Very good. I heard you were. Raving about. He was it. very like impressed. It. He was very impressed with the like staff, with the aura, story. the vibe, the lighting. He liked the whole. Actually, Phil and I went there a couple about a month ago, right? We went there about a month ago together, and uh, the lady was like, "Hey, how are you? What's up?" Oh, the lady recognized me right away. We talked a little bit. We had that rude way to that same that same guy. You didn't like him? Uh, the one guy we had was good. The other guy was a little bit rude. One guy was a little rude, especially he was a little rude, right, Phil? Yeah. He was a little like. Well, you know, quick. sometimes people might get rude with you if they're a waiter, waitress, because you ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you know. listen. My wife is in the works in a, a restaurant. Yeah, she's uh, a, she's a bartender right now, uh, and I know just from the things she complains about, like customers and things. You're a nightmare customer. Me? Yeah, for yeah. absolutely. You are so wrong. Gentlemen, you are gentlemen, a nightmare. You're talking. I'm about, not saying no. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking. My personality may be a nightmare, but when Craig, I'm in restaurants, I'm on my p's and q's. I, Craig, I've been with Craig, you. Hold on. I'm not talking about how you tip. I'm not talking about anything no, like tip. that. I'm sure you're. You are definitely a very I generous. Twelve percent across the board for good service. Twelve point five. But. Uh, I'm just talking about like the the leading up to the tip. Like you make them earn this fucking tip. Do yeah. I? You make them earn did, it. Really? Were you at the dinner? You'd want a lemon. I mean, I can I have a lemon wedge? A little cream. bigger, please. You know, like a, yeah. If I asked for one these organic lemons. Lemon. Can you heat up my lemon wedge? I asked for lemon in every restaurant. Yeah, they are. We're gonna go to eat in I town over here at the Brick Oven Pizza Joint. I can't wait. And they hook us up. The girls a hardcore girl. We were, I was there last time. With yeah, you the girls a hardcore girl. And she look good. She's real nice. Yeah, she looks. She's like a fly brother like me. She, you might think she looks good. She, she's nice. Could you know Richie I mean? leave a baby, doing, baby up here? I don't know if she looks good. I don't know if she looks good, but that's up to you to decide. Me, I, I you know, I got, I got, I got me mines, and mines looks real good. Oh, where, where's she at? You know, my girl. Uh, let's see some photos. Michelle, Polak broad, right? She's Polish, yes. So she, she understands what's going she's on. Fine. You gotta, she understands that I'm in a band and I go on tour. Yeah, you got to hold her hand and do everything, or she she could follow directions. She's an independent uh, woman, half and half. You know, so she's a woman, so sometimes you got to lead her by the hand. No, I like to get a little sexist on this thing. I know, I know. I'll get a little sexist. Yeah, Richie, you got a guy. I'll get a little out. sexist and fuck around, but I'll tell you this, my girl. I got a good girl. I'm lucky. Yeah, good for you. When you, you get married? Ah, uh, we don't need to get into. No, that. she's not that great then. I don't need to. I don't want to marry. I don't believe in the institution of marriage. 
Bush, don't believe she. It. Like well, you don't I, believe I, it exists? What do you mean? No, I don't. I believe that it's a way to. Uh, don't get me wrong. I believe in two people loving each other, being together, and raising a family. Yeah. But the institution of marriage is used to elas- uh, emasculate the man to make him not a threat. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, man? And I'm talking about like yeah. you know letting the woman uh, boss you around and take take your balls and all that. That's yeah. it's kind of like a trap to keep people from rising up, keep a man occupied, and he can't overthrow corruption. Uh, there are there are advantages to it. Uh, other advantages though it's not just see yeah advantages that the government will give you make because a, yeah, they make want a, you make, to be married certain financial advantages yeah, make a baby and don't get, get married and you get free medical insurance for your wife and your kid otherwise every penny you make goes to medical insurance what a family a family of three a family of four what's a medical insurance bill on that two grand a month easy you're asking the wrong guy let me ask you this let me, let me ask you this then. I don't pay for my kids you're let me ask you this guy. because I am a married guy I'm, am I the only married guy here you yeah. Okay. I'm recently I'm divorced. Not, I'm not married. You were married. I got a steady girl. I got. I got, I got an exclusive. Yeah. You were married once. Exclusive though. long-term relationship. You were, you were married? married once. Technically, for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so talk about horrible, that. horrible thing. So, um, what about this though? Girls like getting married. So I'm, I'm so much deeper so, with my girl now than that, that girl that I was married okay. to for a couple oh, hold months. On, hold on, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm asking a question. There's a, hold on. This is leading somewhere. Girls like to get married. Yeah. Okay. They enjoy it. They like the ceremony. They like feeling that special day. Okay. Is there anything wrong with making your girl happy because she wants this thing? You make her happy for the day and she'll have this memory. Is there anything wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, we can sit here like men and discuss that it's silly to be married and it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't. We all know that. Okay. But if it makes your girl happy, what's wrong with doing that? There's nothing wrong with that, Joe. The way he's looking at me, I'm not saying two words out of line. He's looking guy. at him like he's going to bite like his face off and kill no, no, him in the garbage. No, no, I'm just, I'm just asking a question because a lot of people... We listen. understand. You feel that we were attacking you because we make fun of marriage. No, and not, at all. Marriage. not at all. Joe's a different caliber of man. He's <laughs> not a bad, at all, man. Uh, is is it fair to say that Joe's a better man than, he's than, better than, than most? He's better than us. He's I better don't than us. He's more better than we are. The difference is we think that. I don't. We recognize that. That's not even why I'm saying this. The reason I'm saying it is sometimes... It's okay to do things that you don't want to do to make somebody else happy. I agree with and that. And to me, that's what actual marriage is about. That's my real girl marriage. hears this. I'm in so much trouble, Joe. You're killing me. No, no. <laughs> she won't hear it. She doesn't have to. You don't have to get married <laughs> on paper is what I'm saying. To me, the definition of being married is that commitment to be to say, you know what? I will go through uncomfortable situations for you, for this person, my that girl I puts love. me through uncomfortable situations every week when she bothers me about this and that. And I will, me? and I will Part allow it because I love you and I care about you. And I'm going to do this thing for uh, you. I never knew you felt about that's me all. Like that, that's what that, to me. That's what marriage <laughs> is about. It's not about the piece of a piece of paper. Like I felt like I was married long before I was actually technically married. I already felt like I was married because it was. It's the commitment. It's not the paper. A paper means nothing. It's the a paper means nothing. Obviously, you had that piece of paper, and it meant nothing. nothing. It meant nothing. The the the. I did that just for immigration purposes. It's the girl the wasn't allowed in the country anymore. Between two people Another and the out. connection between no, two people that is the actual oh, marriage. Name was. He's talking right over me. I'm trying. No, to no, I'm hearing. Talk. I understand. I'm trying to talk to this guy. I'm listening. I'm listening. Get deep I'm listening. over here, and he's just talking about this guy. Like, you know his. You know his game. Saying. His game is to interrupt. So. uh... Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, sometimes, I know people hate on marriage, and yeah, it's silly, you know? It Listen, is. I get married to anybody. Anybody want to get married? I get married because it's such a, what's the difference? 
Look, now I can say I'm married now, and I'm not married. What's hey, the I'm married. I'm married. Yeah, it's like like you take half your shit, maybe. Oh, now I'm not married. <laughs> no, it's like two. It's like two definitions. Listen, like the, it's the, it's it's probably not a smart bottom move line in reality, to get married. It's a business decision. Yeah. You got to yeah. look yes. at the advantages, exactly. the pros yeah. and the cons. Yeah. It's a business decision. It's a contract with the state. And you want to minimize contracts with the state in 2013, going on 2014. Yes, it's probably not the best idea to get married. But when you have so much pressure put on you by an alien species, then you have to submit. Joe chose to submit, and we understand. There you go. And your submission is noted. Now it's open. It's open. It's open. It's open. That's ridiculous. So as we walk upright, Joe lays on his back with his feet in the air. Let's use the term a a, a faction, a separate Mm -hmm. yet distinct faction. Yeah. But listen, I, I can get married. And, you, know, you want to marry? Yeah, sure. Or whatever you want. Oh, you want to do this now? Yeah, whatever. More, you almost married to that girl, that nice girl from Pennsylvania? The, the one, one who What's her name again? I can't remember her name. I used to always see you with her. She was real friendly. I used to talk to her all the time. Really nice girl. Oh, yeah, she's still Her, her still and Derek's on. wife would always hang out and yeah, talk to me. Yeah. Very nice No, I girls. was never close to marriage. She didn't want to marry All the Pennsylvania girls always never. real cool, man. Good vibes. Nice, nice girls. Well, that's because we train them so well. You do, that's, that's what I'm really, trying to say, yeah, without saying We have it. training facilities they, they seem to be well. They seem to carry yeah. themselves very well and not cause any kind of drama. Pennsylvania hardcore chicks usually kind of hot. They got pretty kind of vibe to them, you know? Oh, man. It's like that. It's, it's, like America, it's like you know, American. Yeah, it's Pennsylvania Americana. is like pure America. Yeah. Like, well, it is the Keystone State, which that, I explained to you yesterday. That it is Keystone. If, any, if there's any carpenters or masons out there, you understand what or a Keystone Freemasons. is. Or Freemasons, mm-hmm. yes, you'll understand what a Keystone is. It's the it's the piece that holds an arch together. It's Bro- the key. Stone that holds a stone arch together. It you get rid of that stone, the whole thing crumbles. It, it, it takes and it takes and distributes. It handles pressure very well. It relaxes pressure. Its job is to hence why you deal support. so well with marriage. I think. Oh, Kids, listen, baby, the Keystone Man right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you take you get rid of I'm the Keystone. I'm pushing, and the whole thing crumbles. I'm pushing Joe for Black Father. Black Father of the Year. Oh. No, that's Puff Daddy. Oh, no, BET gave Joe, it to Puff Daddy. Come on, no. Listen, you know who my, my idol is Bill Cosby, man. It always has been. So I try to be like as much as like Bill. Didn't he like, buy up all he have, like, the illegitimate children and not let them be shown anymore? Yeah. That's what. Uh, that's my goal. I used to love the Cosby no, Show. I used to love the Little Rascals. What a great. Doesn't show. he have like illegitimate children all over the place? Like no, that's Evander no, Holyfield. That was allegedly. No, that was alleged. Fat Albert was hard. I used to love that. I like Rudy. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy, yeah, Rudy was hard. Yeah. Shut up, motherfucker, Rudy. fat ass, fat up. Why you be like that, Rudy? Rudy ever said that? Yeah. Hey, give me another one. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, that was Phil. Nice. That was good. Yeah, I like when they would like break into songs. I'm oh, gonna yeah. sing a song for you, who? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, the guy played the fucking washboard. All <laughs> right, he had like that washboard <laughs> thing. Yeah. Was that took place in Philly, right? Yeah. There you go. That was Philly, Philly junkyard. ugly motherfuckers. Philly junkyard. But we shouldn't diss on Philly because we're you know we're Pennsylvania cats. You know yeah. what I mean? You hate Philly though because you hate the Philly sports team. I hate Philadelphia Eagles because of Mike Vick. Otherwise, I could care less. But when you're willing to let some sick, deranged maniac like that and and worship him and wear his number and praise him, fall to your knees and kiss his feet, I find a problem with that. Yeah, it's disgusting, man. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. You're wor- worshiping a sociopath. You're I mean, like, hey, Eagles- man, as long as he gets us a win, bro. You're stupid. <laughs> You're no, I'm an Eagles fan, and I, I, I hate Michael. You should take off. Until, you know, it's, I think there's new quarterback. Yeah, we won't talk. The new quarterback's yeah, nice. Yeah, let's not talk about sports. He's an all-American kid. He don't kill dogs and torture them and drown them to death. So, hey, 
if the Eagles win under him, I'm that's a cool that's that. a bonus. Yeah. So when you interview now for to be a, a Philadelphia Eagle, that that has to be like on the questionnaire. Have you, you ever murdered a dog for fun? Murder them and. That's some foul stuff, man. He's yeah, addicted, guys. Animals need to be treated with respect. Animals are very loving, man. Even the ones that are wild, it's just their nature. You know what yeah. I mean? Aggressive animals. Like, I don't really get it. It's like if you're so badass, why don't you go take on some, like, take on a lion? Come talk with, to Mad Joe, bad son. You badass. Talk to Mad Joe. But let's go back to the Chromax. All right. How long you been with it now? Different names. Names always change. I started playing with John back in like 2002. Maybe. Yeah. You enjoy it very much. Mackie, yeah. master drummer. Master drummer. It's fun to play with, right? Fun to play with. Kills it. How got, is the uh, conversation? Way, the, the way I play bass, he can let me play bass the way I like to. The, the, the so is that a little dig on Armin? No, the percussive way that I like to. The way I like to play hardcore, my idea of, of having playing bass in hardcore where you can really light the shit up in flames, Mackie facilitates that. Beyond what I would uh, uh, hope to to be able to, to the level I'd be able to take it to. And from what I've seen, is it true that Mackie is one of the smoothest brothers in the game? He, I mean, he's a laid back, swag having, nice it, young brother. We, we we call him the bat. The bat. Because he'll be sitting there, and it's like almost like a bat sleeping. He's just oh not, yeah. And we call him. <laughs> Even when he sleeps, he's cool. We, we call him the Sphinx when he reads the paper in the morning. He puts his glasses on, he reads the paper, has his coffee. We call him the Sphinx because he's sitting there like <laughs> looking like the Sphinx, all straight up. And uh, you know, he he shows up fifteen minutes late, and uh, you you might say, "Damn, what's this guy doing?" But then when he's done doing what he had to do. The whole reason he showed up, you're like that brother's smooth. That's right, he is smooth. Yeah, I would love to get him on the podcast. He's he's one of those dudes you don't argue with. It's no. just it just doesn't go that way. You have a conversation with him, it's real relaxed. You know what I mean? Even when it gets heated, you find yourself catching yourself thinking, "Let's keep stick to the facts and, and just keep it." Keep so you it don't about. argue with him. How Not about really, if you're no. a record label owner? Would you argue with him then? <laughs> but uh, baby, and how about John? John's uh, these guys are my friends. Oh, you, yeah, you know these guys for years. John's uh, John. I call John the Rooster. Oh yeah, because he I have, I room with him right. It used to be John and AJ because they back when I wasn't a vegetarian in the beginning of playing with those guys. It was me and Mackie because we ate meat and John yeah. and AJ. They didn't want your stinky meat breath. Well, it was me and Mac with a chill. We'd go out and eat. You know what I mean? And then uh, and then AJ was like, I can't room with John anymore. So because uh, you know AJ's. Pretty cut and dry, you know what I mean? Not a lot of tolerance, you know what I mean? He's like a staunch Southern Guinea. Oh shit! So, uh, so a uh, man of principle, I got to give it to him. You know, there are times you like you you respect his stubbornness. And good guitar time, player, very good, yeah. very good. And uh, uh, I call John the Rooster because it's fucking the crack of dawn. He's up cackling, waking you up. Yeah, he has full fucking war and peace type conversations with me when I'm sleeping. Talks to me sleeping, <laughs> and if you answer him, you're done. You get up. Oh, yeah? I love the man. He's my friend. Great shape, that guy, right? Great shape. Maniac. Tons of energy. How about Great this? guy. Good-hearted guy. Do anything. Literally, will give you the last bite of food while he's starving to death so you can eat. But at the same Loves time... Loves feeding people. Doesn't let you sleep, though. No? Never sleep. That's good. I like Can't, that. Can't. No sleep. Generous on food. Generous on sleep. food. No sleep. He's got, he'll go to bed at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., with the, leave the TV blaring, and wake up at 7. Sleep Let me ask you this. Who's in better screaming. shape? Who's in better shape? John Joseph or Pete? Uh, I'd say that John is in, in better endurance really? shape. Well, I'm saying endurance shape because John does triathlons and stuff like mm. that. So John trains. But Pete's stronger, you're saying? I don't know if meat. he's stronger, but F- F- Pete's very uh, uh, 
muscularly Pete's fit. Ripped, man. Pete, yeah. Pete really is always doing like exercise. Pool. He's always doing stuff to keep his body uh, firm. Every muscle in his body is definitely fine. How come you don't do that too? Uh, I, 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 I used to do it all the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You look I still, great. I still work out, but you I just, you know what it is? I, I can't, like when I was young, I was really into the whole boxing thing and being fit. Mm. But you know, those insecurities, and I'm not saying everyone that works out has an insecurity. I'm talking about myself only. Those insecurities in me lessened. So I don't feel the need to constantly work out all the time. And for me, that I still work out. I work out, you know, a couple of times a week, and I do my little boxing shit. I just don't look. I don't do it heavily because there's no threat. Mm. I'm not getting in and sparring with these guys when the Golden Gloves come up. My friend's not training for a pro fight, and I'm sparring with them. None of that shit's going on. So I don't have these guys trying to rip my head off. I'm not traveling to fucking Brooklyn and boxing with these brothers in this gym over here on Tuesday. So there's no threat. So I'm not killing myself. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And how about when it comes to traveling? Who's, who, who do you enjoy traveling more with, Cro-Mags or Sick of It All? Um, it's different things. Sick of It All is more comfortable. It's more of a comfortable, we like, oh, yeah, okay, we get in the, you know, we do our thing. It is a, nobody really crawls on top of anybody else's space. You have your own space. We're all easy. We all, we're all veterans. So, like, it, the gear is falling to place easier, easier and the RPMs don't rev as high. Uh, but, and, and, you know, we have some fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, a lot of comedy. The Chrome Eggs shit wears you out a lot more, but it's there's some explosive comedy. Some of it's like wild, like old AF days, like just off the chain craziness. Yeah. So I have some real fun with those dudes, just some memorable shit, but it, you can't do it as long term. It doesn't, it's more unsettling, you know? We're sick of it all. It's more like everybody kind of just respects each other's boundaries more. I mean, not all the time, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, we went on tour. We're sick of it all. Great, great guys. You know, don't yeah. don't fuck with somebody Laid when they're back. eating, sleeping, or going to the bathroom. We feel the same way. Yeah, don't fuck with my food. <laughs> don't fart on me. Do dumb shit like that. Don't hide my sneakers. <clears throat> the only time we have real blowouts and sick of it all is when somebody fucks with your food, you sleep, yeah. all that basic shit. Yeah, no, don't touch that. Could it? Could this ever happen? Chromag sick of it all on a tour. Could that ever happen? I don't know. Or would everybody be hating on you because you'd be had the fattest pockets on? We talked about <laughs> we talked about doing that, and me playing both sets. I don't think that would uh, the sick of all guys probably wouldn't appreciate that very much. No, because they maybe be, you could wear a wig for sick of it all is very much into like we have to do our shit proper. You know what I mean? They want to like represent a specific way, and I understand. I could do both, and it wouldn't affect me, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's only bass, not like guitar. So yeah, yeah you probably yeah, could. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, takes, it only takes twice the hand strength. Oh, you got four strings to choose from. You could make Dude, mistakes all like day. Guitar is like a light little instrument. Bass is bass is like drums. You got to kill it. The bass is like checkers. Guitar is like chess. I put it like that. That's that's how I put it. You talk, you, uh, you, Maybe your chess yeah, piece is heavy. Not talking your checker piece is heavy. Like James still Jameson. And I'm not talking about him. You know why? Because I don't know who that is. That's the bass player, That's the uh, original bass player of the that did all the Motown. It's tracks, the greatest bass correct? player that ever lived. Everybody, if everybody registers a five, he registers a ten. The other okay, best guy so in the world Jameson versus Hendrix. All right, that, that argument blows over. everybody away. He's the greatest bass player that ever lived. Yeah, but he's still on the bass, so he's like average guitar player. Nah, you're crazy. You've got though. no way. I know. Yeah. I know what you're saying, and Rich is just trying to get, get <laughs> you cheap riled bass, up. Cheap bass. Cheap bass. But. The bass is, is the bass, so important. The bass. But if you're not a musician, you might not realize why. It's that's important. like that's like that's like that's like throwing a hunk of food on the ground and putting the poison can next to it, forgetting to throw it away. You can't eat that shit. This guy's too obvious. Listen, the bass player is the bass player. The bottom of the totem pole. 
you know. But <laughs> one good thing about the bottom of the totem pole is you can see the face. The lead guitar player. Is up there, that's up people's. There. That's it's, people's perception. I yeah. guess the common man might perceive things like that. The one that's not in the know. The mm-hmm. unknowing may perceive, ignorant may perceive that. Ooh, in nice. my opinion, each, each, in, in my opinion, each man, uh, no man is better than any other man. The, the, what instrument they play, what color their skin is, it's how a man carries himself and what he brings to the table. How he so represents a man can be better than another man fellow, if he carries himself. Man. Well, a man can represent himself to the fullest. Where right, man yeah. can fall short. I'm just talking about the bass, though. The bass. Yeah, shut Listen, your ass down. As sucker. far as bass goes. You can, I can like almost pick you out of a lineup if I like a like a, a headphone lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can be like, oh shit, that's Craig. You know what I mean? You have such a distinct style, and you play it so hard, and it just comes across so fucking hard, and it's like a dirty sound. Um, it's you know the East Coast style of playing is different. You know what I mean? That than the most other places where people play. We play, we attack the instrument way more percussive. I can play noty nice things. I know how to play the bass. But it, it, in our music, it, it doesn't always call for that. You get some like other stuff. You get you know Motown. You, they walk all over the place. Even West Coast punk bands. The music's different. Yeah, it's poppier. It's no. It's it's good. It's yeah. poppier. It's lighter. But there's room for the bass to to do a whole walking line. Our music drives. It's a different kind of music. Our, our drums are pounding over there. The drums are always light. West Coast drumming's like light. It's kind of like you're light. saying a little Rick. fruity on the West Coast. No, I'm saying it, it, it's a it's a more of a catchy, lighter hearted style, and and that it leaves a lot more room. There's a lot more room. We're cramming shit in. Our shit's less musical and more percussive. Our shit's more frustrated and tight. You know what I mean? And that shit's more happy, and angry, more angry. It's a different style of music. Hmm. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about that, then in, punk and hardcore. What bands did you look up to? Growing up, yeah, or even now to this day, like would you would you actually say oh, I'm going to that show? I'm going to I see lo- this. I, I love the I love the Bad Brains. Yeah, I always love Minor Threat. Love uh, love the Chromags. Used to see the Chromags play all the time. Loved Agnostic Front. Uh, Bad Religion. I love. You know, uh, uh, different groups like like you know all different groups. You know, I, I that's what I in the hardcore world. That's what I like. I like a lot of English punk. You know what I mean. Yeah, I love the Descendants. You know what I mean? There's like different groups that I really like. You know, but it was like um, you f- you find yourself that, you know you're older dude now getting your car. Do you listen to to this kind of stuff anymore? I don't. No, what do you uh, listen to when you're just driving around by yourself? R and B, old R and B mostly. <clears throat> I also listen to. I can still listen to stuff like the Descendants. Yeah, yeah, I can listen to some. It's more listenable New York type stuff. I don't. I I can listen to it when I'm exercising or live. Like if it's I'm great sprinting, live. if I'm running, I can, if I'm sprinting in the gym when I'm boxing, you put some aggressive shit on. It gets you kickstarted. But I'm not listening to it for. I got a guy screaming at me my whole life. Yeah. And then I get in a car with him and living like a car with him. Yeah. They I, they let me out of the car so the guy could scream five feet away from me, and and, I, and we're all making noise. And then I get in a car with the guy and like sleep next to him in a car seat. That's like my fucking whole life. So you don't you think want I want to listen to that when I'm in my own car? I want to fucking listen to some brother sing me a smooth song about love. Joe, sing him a song. Tenderness. A little harmony for you. That was badass. That was all <laughs> Phil. That was Phil throwing his voice. That's an old Negro spiritual, they call that. These guys always touching on. No, his, his brother used buttons. to say pushing, pushing buttons, buttons, touching no. on something. No, your brother used to when I worked with his brother doing construction, he used to joke around and say. Oh, how many times he said brother? Yeah. No, his fishing. real brother, Simon. 
His actual. You got a brother named Simon? It's a yeah, hard name. All biblical. I got three, I got three brothers. Is tell me, tell like me the other names. Simon, Caleb, and Ephraim. So you see his parents were religious maniacs. Ephraim is the, is the baby. He's the biggest of us all. He's You're the smallest? Six, Six five maybe. He's the Simon, smallest. Simon's smallest. Uh, Simon's the smallest frame, but he's taller than me. Oh, For all of you that have never I'm seen Joe's father, Joe's father is like Hercules. Yeah, he's 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 uh, awesome. an Attica captain. Straight. Yeah, he's uh, like a captain from Attica. Yeah, like running the yard. Like, <laughs> like Joe's father could like pretty much throw anybody out a third story window without much of a problem. Yeah, no, say pr- a prayer for him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, (laughs) yo, you know, he asked me the other day, he asked me if he could be on the podcast. Did he? Yeah. (laughs) He said he he has a good radio voice. Yeah, he's like, he does. He has a real cool voice. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We we curse too much. Joe's like a little dwarf compared to his father. His father, your father's like twice your size. Yeah, he's, he's big, man. He's, he's six, two. So maybe six three. Do you he's, do you feel like you could beat his ass? I'm not talking about how he would never. never? I, I, there was one time. Where I considered punching him. Oh, in the face. you get fucked up. It was one one time. Or, you know, there was like a lot of times where like you go in your room and you're like, oh, I wish they would have fucking die, you know, whatever. But like there was one time where I actually considered punching him he in the face. And like, okay, if you. I hit him just right and knock him out, yeah, knock him it'll, him out. it'll be worth it. But it's it couldn't happen. Man. There's no fucking way. I don't know, man. You're a young dude, though. You're like, you know. Listen, dude. I, in my entire <laughs> life. What? In my entire yeah, life, kid, I have man never... his own father, and, and Joe's father. Sometimes like the he might deserve human. it, Joe. The guy's, the guy's like the guy's like beyond human. No, in, in in my entire life, I have never one time been in better shape than my dad. At any point in my life, I've been in in good shape, in shitty shape, in good shape, whatever. But uh, I have never been as good yeah, dad's in an shape athlete, as my though, dad you know? ever, ever. And he's we worked been, out on those. We worked out on the tour. What are you doing? We're doing yeah, I could work, out, I work pads, out hard. You know, doing I, some calisthenics. And there was times in my life where that was like yeah. My but his main, dad stays working out. My main thing in life was working out, and I would be in really, yeah. really good shape. But um, you got never really want it. never the way my, the way my dad. You know, yeah. never never with that kind of uh, dedication. This like guy, dad, Richie's you know? strong man. Richie's, Richie's body is solid as a rock, man. Hey, Craig, why don't you describe to the people at home how I hit the pads? How uh. It was like somebody, it was like somebody tossing a half a cinder block at you. See, it man. was like thunder. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. And I got one for it wasn't your face. Fast. It wasn't that me. fast. It had no snap to it. Oh, but but you're uh, talking no, about. But listen to me. But it was like it was like somebody like hitting you with like a car. Yeah, it was like a lot of lot of lot of lot of stiff a lot of torque. So if you're not looking, torque. son, like almost throwing you around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not knockout punches, like clobbering clubs. Well, what Richie does for a living. Is basically lifts concrete all day, heaving concrete. Yes, yes. From the so he's floor, very physically from strong. From the floor to over his head, and That's I do pretty it for much free. What he does his whole body's day. like cement. You hit, you touch this guy. It's like, I, it's like touching, he goes it's like to touching the corner of a building. And then when Richie goes to work, he does other uh, physical labor. But, you know, that's pretty much what he does. That's why his mind is small. It all went to his body. Oh. Oh, That was cheap. What a terrible thing to say. That was cheap. That was even funny. Security? Phil, get him out of here. Phil's with me now. Just came out of me. Cut his head off, Phil. (laughs) Phil's with me now. Dude. That's scary. I think we uh, we covered a lot of ground with Craig. Phil? I mean, we covered his childhood. We covered almost every band. Save people. What Phil? Want to talk about that? You know, the great thing is we didn't even cover every band. We almost you know every I mean? band. We'll save it for the yeah. next interview. But this was this was been so fucking cool, man. 
All right. It's Craig, we're, we're now, Craig, listen. You said crazy. some things. You know what that, that means? That means these guys are hungry. We're going to go to the brick oven pizza exactly And the hardcore, girl, the hardcore girl works there, and she uh, she gets us a table right away quick. Nice. But check this out. You said some things that might make you seem a little nutty. So you, it's cool for us to keep this crazy things that you said? As long as it doesn't come off as wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be putting on any No, I'm kidding. Either. Listen. Almost everything you list. said I agree with, but I'm, I have to play devil's advocate Look, a little bit. Look, my opinion you know? about all that 9-11 and all that stuff. That's strictly yours. Not It doesn't represent Sick of It All and the company. Listen, no, it, it, does, it does represent Sick of It All because they all believe the same thing. But no, we're no. not... All we do is is talk about it. We're not like you know. We're, not we're just talking. We're not. We're just talking. I got. Government I, I spend. No, I'm shit. just saying. I spend my time doing things that are positive, not hey, chasing man. after negativity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's really you know. I'll call shit as I see it, but you know, I'm not obsessed with the negative. I'd like to move on to positive things and try to help rather than complain. One of hey, the most gracious like, people we've came across in this music so far to date. For sure. I appreciate that, bro. You guys were. Very, no, I was talking about you. I was talking about Armin. But uh, oh. no, I was talking about, no, yeah, dude, definitely. This guy's a nice guy. He's good. He treats. You see him when he walks around. You know, people like they like they want they get excited. Yeah, people are drawn to you. And people like, if people like hardcore, they like all. Yeah, they like one of the bands I was in for sure. Yeah, and he has time for everybody. Treats everybody yeah, nice, man. smile. Think about how lucky I am. Hand on I get shoulder. I play all the bands I love. Stop it. <laughs> I play all the bands that I always loved wanted me to play with them. They say, no, we want you. It has to be Is you. Is that because That's in this? That makes me feel so, so like I really accomplished something. Yeah, Satisfied. Not, I'm not talking accomplished something like a dude makes money from some kind of fucking invention or whatever. I'm talking about my soul gets, gets some, yeah. some love from that because that's what I always wanted to do. So then yeah. how about this? At this point. Is there one more goal musically that you have? I would like to uh, maybe put out eventually a solo album. I was I was talking yeah. about like the, people tell me about Kickstarter, try to do a Kickstarter to do your own. Yeah. I'd like to do charity work too. Some kind. Of, I'd like to I'd like to do things that raise awareness for things that that need awareness raised for them. Positive things. I'd like to get involved. I know I, I, people are very nice to me. People tend to to be to be interested in talking to me i think that i could i could get people to pay attention to certain things and maybe raise awareness on certain issues and i think that uh i wouldn't mind getting involved in that on some level i've been kicking around the idea i just don't quite uh maybe like a sick of it all wisdom and chains towards the congo something like that that sounds pretty good wisdom and chains and sick of it all in darfur We'll bring Phil. Like he can that. come home with like a wife. Yeah. yeah, I'll be your spokesperson. Yeah, bring you to paint. Bring a canvas. That could be good. Paint shit for the kids. So maybe, maybe a solo record from Craig Satari. Maybe a solo record. I might do a try. Look at that. You don't have a record thing. label. You know, fast break. I'll probably just do a Kickstarter and do it myself. Don't do it. No, fast break. Why not? I don't know anything about Kickstarter. Fast break will put your shit out. That's why not. Yeah, That's I think right. I want to just do it myself if it's right, a solo. Fine. Great. They were talking about another Creep Division record, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. Listen, I'd be interested in talking to you guys. I know you guys are solid. Listen, we're just putting it out there. Listen, fast break. Fast break. Hey, you don't got to shake your heads. You're my friends. Listen, I, we can't give you a huge budget. 70 G's at most. But if you... <laughs> that what? <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. If you don't want to do it, that's on just you. Just leave it on the table. We'll be yeah. all right. It's on the table. That's all. Uh, all right, boys. You can take Phil with you, too. When you do. The 70 G's, you can take Phil. Phil, I love you. It's nice knowing you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to yep. Post America Podcast. That was great. Thank you, guys. Uh, oh, thank you, man. Craig Sitar, yeah, thanks for inviting us in your house. Next time Craig Absolutely. comes back, he's coming on our turf Yeah, you in come the restaurant. To, next time you come to Sarah Street Grill, I'm we'll, down. we'll feed I'm you down. I heard you guys eating when you did the Stickman interview, and everyone was raving about the food, and you said the people that own the restaurant are super nice, yes. and they're your friends, good, so I'd like people. to check it out. Yes, yeah. you're, you're going to have a good time. We'll, we'll do you break Phil down. Street next time. Because there's good art all over the walls in Sarah Street. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Phil, you should come, too. For real. like it, that shit.
The whole, the whole, it's a restaurant. Yo, this is like a a hub of art and food. Yeah, it's you got a guy playing awesome. live music. He loves art spot. and food, so yeah. it's perfect. It's, yeah, it's Pennsylvania. Seriously. You guys like to eat. We like to eat. You know, you passing through Pennsylvania, or you just want to come and see the cribs. You know, come come down. I'm down. Whatever. No doubt. All right. Maybe so, we'll, uh, you know, thank you guys so much we'll for listening. <laughs> Post America podcast. This is going to be up sometime in the next uh, week or two. Anything you want to announce for sick of it all? Anything you got coming up? Uh, working on a new record. Working um, on a new record. Guest vocals by me. That's pretty fucking probably cool. guest um, vocals by Joe. That's what I want to do. And uh, Armand was talking about it as well. And I think it's all going to work out good. And uh, can't wait to get shit moving again. Get back out on the road. Oh. Have some good memories. Oh. Awesome. Hey man, now we All could right. eat. Now we could eat. Peace. And now you just could eat. Yeah.